All right. Good morning, class. Welcome to Art Eater podcast number uh, 46. So the uh, topic for today is our favorite fighting game stages. Uh, This is going to be a really fun one, a pretty casual one, but um, I think, uh, you know, this is something I could talk about for (laughs) forever, basically. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So uh, before we get into it, we'll just do a quick round of uh, introductions. You know, so I'm I'm your host, Richmond, uh, one of the founders of Art Eater. I've been working in games uh, for, for ages, um, run my own uh, game game company called uh, Bidig. Uh, yeah, uh, make make games for a living, got a, got a background in animation. Um, yeah, and I'm just super excited to be, you know, talking about games and cool art with, uh, with uh, my best buds here. Okay, um, yeah, so uh, everyone else, please uh, just quickly introduce yourselves, uh, James. Got our co-host James. All right. All right. Hey everybody, this is James Stanley. Uh, on Twitter, I go as Beefy Kunoichi. That's Beefy underscore Kunoichi. Uh, you may know me from Instagram as Stride underscore Driver. I am an art director and storyboard artist, and uh, you know I tend to come together with my buddies here to you know just chop it up and talk about like cool games and stuff that influence us all. And uh, you know it's always great to be here, so I'm happy to be here. All right. Sick. Sick. Hi. All right, yo, what's up, everybody? Uh, it's Adam. Pleased to be here once again. Yeah, I'm a game and level designer, also pixel artist and international taekwondo fighter. Uh, I go by AJ on Twitter. You can find me over there at, at AJ Mattis. That's at A-J-M-A-T-T-I-S. I love to retweet and share all kinds of cool art and creative projects that I see. And I'm also interested in doing pixel art for the people as well, also involved in some projects currently. So that's also going really well. Yeah, I, I love to chop it up with these guys. It's always a lot of fun. Here to talk about another cool creative thing that I recommended last time. So let's get right into it. We've got a special guest coming up. Let's get it. All right. And then uh, we also have our special guest today, uh, Mike Judge, uh, a, long, a dear old friend and uh, a <laughs> ex coworker, too. Go way back. Right. Yep. Mike Judge. Uh, I, I go by, uh, well, I call my name is really Mike Judge, but I call myself online the other Mike Judge. Also known as Goro Toro on uh, Twitter. That's G O R O underscore Toro. I'm an artist animator. I've been in the business for a long time. I've been in and out of games, also with animation and uh, just anything. It used to be called multimedia, but interactive entertainment, commercials, children's games, all that stuff. Uh, I've done art direction as well, and I'm also working as an instructor at the Academy of Art University. This is awesome. I've been keeping up with this podcast. I know Richmond. I know these guys online. It's really a lot of fun. I'm excited to be here. All right. All right. Let's, let's get right into it. Um, okay. So favorite, favorite fighting game stages. Uh, Mike, you're, you're our special guest. So why don't, why don't you kick things off? Stages. Do we have to, how many am I allowed to say? Because I have so many. So many. Yeah. You can go on for a couple. Just give us like one or two of your favorites. Yeah. Oof. Um, Okay, the ones that first came to mind when you said it, because Alpha 2 and Alpha 3 mm. are they, they sitting right in front of my brain. But there's so many. Like, I, still, I love yeah. that I'm showing them, too. But if I had to pick, I'm going to focus on those for a second, because those are the ones that are the freshest in my mind. Uh, I would say um, when I saw Alpha 2, when it came out, I lost my mind, because there was, that was when Capcom was really showing us that this was one big world. Uh, you know, with all these different properties, all you know, you saw Ken stage with all the different characters from other Capcom games in the background. But it was really guy stage where you saw the whole final fight team back there. I went nuts. Uh, and and um, Gen stage from that game as well from Alpha Two. I think that's the alley with the puddles and everything. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Oh, it was just my. It made my heart beat fast when I first saw that. I was like, I can't believe this is the whole world. You know, Dan stage was awesome. 
Um, I'm also a really big fan of uh, Adon's Alpha 3. Uh, do you guys uh, remember that one with the uh, it's got the knots yeah. background and the heads? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the yeah. Alpha Watt 3 was in the yeah, yeah. They started adding a lot more depth. Can you guys notice that to the backgrounds is more dynamic, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, um, th- those are the ones that really I wanted to point those out first and foremost. Just I can go on, I could I could name probably 15 of them, but those left such a mark, I could see them in my head when I closed my eyes. That type yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah, it's so, funny so. that you mentioned uh. Alpha 2, because, like, that was, like, where my head was already, like, mm-hmm. going. And you happen to mention my one of my absolute favorite stages, which is Guy. Because I'm, like, the hugest Guy fan on the planet. I self-proclaim that. It, it um, really is. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that was great about that stage was there are so many Final Fight characters back there. Like, and not even just Final Fight stages, but actual, like, store locations that may yeah. have been in the background in Metro City and Final Fight 1. And it's just, it's such a great thing to see. Because it's like, okay, you're supposed to not like the Mad Gear gang. But seeing them together kind of, like, humanized them. (laughs) You know, because they're all, like, hanging out. Like, 2P is in a headlock with Mike Hagar of all people. Like, Mm -hmm. Hagar's, like, hanging out with them. Like, you know, and, like, Axel's chilling by the tree. Um, I can't remember the guy who's peeling the apple. But, like, he's he's not, like, a Hollywood knife character. But he was somebody else that had a knife. And it's just seeing them kind of be, like, regular people with kind of interesting. Um, and then you have, like, Jessica and Cody animation mm-hmm. interactions where if you have a female character, mm-hmm. Cody will start looking at the character and Jessica yeah. will notice it. She and gets mad. Yeah. She gets mad and slaps him. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and then it's like you see Hugo being this huge stoic statue, like a yeah. human statue, like, just chilling. Like, this is all these things kind of, like, come together and really convince you that like there's a building world within street fighter mm-hmm. and its roots were always in final fight yeah so it was nice to uh you know see that and i mean you know some people can argue semantics about like whether guy has his own theme because it's the final fight stage but for me weirdly enough that worked because he kind of had it in alpha one as his stage theme so mm-hmm. that music plus the stage itself it's just it's such a wonderful treat and uh you know gen stage is this basically the most beautiful 32-bit water outside of the splash you get from Super Jumps and X-Men for Street Fighter? Uh, like, just <laughs> it's just just 2D splendor all over. And that's just one stage, man. Like, so yeah. if, if if anybody hasn't played Alpha 2 before or you've never seen it, um, just look up some videos on YouTube, man, or, or, or go to, like, Fighter's Generation and, you know, look at how beautiful these stages are because there's so much that's packed into every stage. I mean, we're only talking about guy and getting stage right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so much going on. And, uh, you know, just, I had to, I had to just jump in. Cause you mentioned like one of my favorite stages <laughs> on Alpha 2. So you got it. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I gotta jump into, um, my mind yes. also immediately went to, uh, Alpha 2. Um, just mm-hmm. so many oh, classic nice. stages there, but, uh, one of my favorites is the, uh, field of fate. One of the secret stages. Um, and it's yes. it's so iconic. It's so simple, but it's so iconic. It's just an endless green field of grass at night during oh, a thunderstorm. Yeah. It's just right. rolling grass as far as the eye can see, and then flashes of lightning. And um, it's a reference to the opening to the uh, Street Fighter II uh, animated movie, where yeah. um, it's uh, uh, Ryu and Sagat fighting. Uh, they're fighting in the middle of nowhere, like just off of a highway, mm-hmm. like no one else is around, just like throwing down, you know? Like, no one's watching. It's just two 
you know, it, it feels like two lone gunmen, right? Two gun, gunfighters, two martial artists just risking it all with no one around, just will against will. And um, it's just such a cool, iconic stage. It, it's just such like a quintessential, like ultimate, awesome showdown stage. I, I love it. It's so cool. Um, yeah, I mean, so cool. yeah, yeah, that stage is uh, definitely one that, you know, as a kid, when I had it on Sega Saturn, I would do everything I could to, like, try to unlock that stage. And, like, I didn't want the fight to end because usually right. if you played Ryu and you got to it, you fought Sagat. So, like, I would purposefully lose a round or something just so it would go on, just because the feeling of being on that stage was, like, super cool. And I know that, like, competitively you can't use that stage because it hides footsies, but, oh, like, yeah. it still looked so amazing that, like, you know, even when, we, when my friends came over, we made an exception, like, man, screw it, man, the stage is cool. <laughs> like, that's, it's just, that's just, right. The grass know, covers your feet, right? Yeah. yeah, the grass covers the feet. So, you know, it's hard to see low forwards and stuff, but even still, even within all of that, we were like, screw that, dude. This stage is dope. Like, <laughs> we're going to play on this stage. So, um, another thing that was funny you mentioned was, uh, I think, a Don stage. If I'm remembering correctly, when I looked at that stage, it made me think add-on and... Um, Yuri and we're like neighbors or something because it feels like yeah. the mm. third strike stage is totally. like yeah like like if you went around a corner you know you'd see some mysterious <laughs> dude in a suit and you're like oh wait you know so it's like, yeah, too, like oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah man oh my god those are those are like wonderful wonderful yeah. stages man and i i, I want to hear more that you have though so i'm gonna just let you do your thing am i still picking some <laughs> so oh, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll pick a couple just real quick please yeah uh, yeah, just because you guys mentioned Third Strike, then I have a couple of really good ones. Um, mm -hmm. One of my favorites here is Akuma stage in, a, in mm -hmm. Third Strike. Just like the drummer yeah. bass in the background is like absolutely amazing. Just yeah. just the the differentiation of these like aspects of like you know him being alone in this Japanese forest and then just like drum and bass happening in the background. Just it's a really beautiful like mixture. But on top of that as well, like just the way that the moon is like just centered in the middle, and then like mm. you've got this beautiful sort of like foliage coming in on the on the left and on the right, and just in terms of like the composition here too, like it's really really hard to sort of get that kind of a a fisheye lens in terms mm. of just like drawing generally. The understanding perspective is absolutely needed here. That is, you know, several orders of magnitude greater than just like a regular like two or three point or whatever. But mm -hmm. like. Yeah, this is like really really good and on top of all of that too is the fact that like the colors are so nice just mixing in like little sprinklings of like red and orange and like brown and stuff like that to obviously accent and complement the the teal of like the ground and then the, the obvious you know many shades of green that sort of like all around the brush and like shrubbery it's just it's awesome like i really really love this stage a ton really really good stuff you know what's great about that stage too is that uh it it made you feel like you weren't supposed to find him yeah. And you're in this mysterious secluded area where he trains that no one is supposed to find. And then he just is there and it's just like, well, you're here. There's nothing to talk about. I'm just going to talk with our hands. And it's just like, just I remember. Him. Yeah. And it's just like a scary thing where you're just like, I have, I accidentally found like one of the most powerful people in the world. Mm -hmm. And now I have to like fight them. Like even the music uh, makes you feel like, it was just like, oh, man, I can't get out of this. Something about the way that that, that pulsating yeah. drum and bass is, it's just like, no, it's already started. You can't yeah. you can't leave now, you know. Um, it reminds me of uh, an artist that I like called LT, LTJ Buchem, mm -hmm. uh, Demon's Theme. Um, 
it kind of reminds me like that feeling of that particular track, uh, even though obviously the track in Thirst Strike has its own like sonic identity. Uh, this particular track sort of makes me think like this is what could have been if maybe it didn't happen, you know? And it's just like I when I heard that song, I remember hearing it. Uh, I think I heard it in like a KYST combo video, and I was like, wait, that sounds like that could have been a coolest theme, man. Like, <laughs> but that stage is uh, definitely one of the. Uh, like stronger like ones in terms of presence like you really feel the lore and story even if you're not trying to you know like Absolutely. If, you, if you even if you don't play street fighter and you see third strike at the stage you're like okay this is serious you know so yeah that's that's also one of my favorite yeah. stages as well it's like a boss it's almost like a boss stage right it oh yeah yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like yeah, sure, yeah. Like yeah i i just wanted yeah. to comment real quick one of the really unusual things about the stage is um, it looks like you're like outdoors with the trees and stuff, but then mm -hmm. if right. you look up, it's actually like a cave. It's, it's yeah, yeah, it, but it's so expansive. It look it feels like you're totally outdoors. Um, and then I, mm -hmm. I, I I just posted a picture in our chat of uh, the world's largest cave. It's uh, called Hang Son Dong in uh, Vietnam, and it's it's so huge that it like a ton of sunlight comes in, and it's like pretty lush looking. And it's pretty bright during the day. I, I wonder if uh, maybe that inspired the stage, because it absolutely yeah, possible. Yeah, it feels like you're just totally outdoors, and then you're like, no, wait, like this is an enclosed space. Yeah, it, mm -hmm. it just yeah. feels magic. It's really really cool. Yeah. I saw an image ages ago actually of like a giant cave somewhere I think in China, but like, I'll have to find it later on to like re uh, sort of like reading and come back to this later on. But yeah, yeah, that is a beautiful cave though for sure. You have to post that in the on, on Twitter and stuff. But yeah. yeah. But yeah. another another stage on in Third Strike as well, just generally that's always really uh, interested me. A uh, Makoto stage as well. Like I really love again, like just the beautiful usage of these, you know, like autumnish. Like it's my favorite season, but like these autumnish colors and just all of the ways that the leaves fall off the trees and like how, mm -hmm. for example, the you got these beautiful. Um, I think the persimmons, I think, on the uh, yeah, on the uh -huh. trees there. But like yeah, like when um you get like a knockdown in the game, like a bunch of persimmons fall down and like they splatter on the ground and stuff, yeah. and it's just like it's really nice. It's a very thin mm -hmm. layer of like mist covering the area as well that moves while you're playing and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. it's, it's great. I just love the, the green, the green, orange, brown combinations and just like, the utilization of that to create this kind of like musty, old, dirty kind of a dank area. But at the same time, also seeing that it's actually been kind of cleaned up. So, for example, you can see little bits of the, uh, you know, of the leaves that have been falling off the trees as a broom in the background and mm -hmm. you can see that some of them have been like collected into this like little basket of sorts so it's like you can actively see that you know there's some storytelling going on there you know like i've again i'm a, I'm a fighter and martial artist we have to keep our dojo clean and stuff like that we call it a kadojan because for taekwondo is different but we have to keep oh. it clean you know you gotta you gotta brush up you gotta do all kinds of stuff so yeah I've, I've been there and like feeling that and like seeing that like for real but like in this game it, it adds like an extra layer on top of another layer and it's also just beautiful to look at because i mean look at it yeah, yeah. it's great well, it feels yeah. like we're in a real place. It feels like this is there's something grounding grounded about Makoto as a character herself because she's she's not throwing fireballs, she's not doing lots of fantastic mystical looking moves. She's doing straight up karate to you, and the mm -hmm. stage is so straight up too. It feels like 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 a slice of life type thing. Like we we're just peeking into her world. Like this mm -hmm. is literally what she does. She's at the dojo. She's training. She's cleaning up. That's it. Right. <laughs> this is yeah. absolutely yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I got one more thing to say very very quick. Just um, this is like a separate, uh, like a like a separate one of these other games. But um, one second, I'm just gonna put this one in. Yes, this is the Yun and Yang stage from Second oh. Impact. 
Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm, we're, we're gonna we're gonna sort of slowly but surely go across a, a breadth of games because I have a few different ones from Oof. different games as a whole. But yeah, this yeah. is kind of like one of my last Street Fighter ones. But yeah, this is Amazing. great. I absolutely love it. Amazing. Really, really cool. Really, really good. It feels like it's such like a bustling, busy place. Yeah. yeah, it's like they took the Chun Li Street Fighter Two stage and kind of elevated it, so to speak, the busy mm -hmm. street in China, and it's more epic. Because Street Fighter Three did all those. I hear you mentioning before the different types of perspective they're doing. It almost gets warped as it goes up mm -hmm. higher. Yeah. And uh, I know we had did Street Fighter Three. They did have a double jump, right? And I think the first one. Uh, a high jump. Not, not a high jump. jump. Yeah, a high jump. jump. Yeah. They had a high jump. Uh, yeah. So the yeah. flying yeah. screen uh, was something that they had to incorporate into how they designed the stages, mm -hmm. similar to the Versus series stuff. Yeah. So cool. Absolutely, absolutely. I love it because as well, it reminds me, these two characters, obviously, you know, Yun and Yang, they just give me like massive, like a uh, Meals on Wheels vibes from, from like the <laughs> Yeah, movie. totally. Like, yeah. yeah, with like, the skateboard and stuff like that. They, yeah. The fact that he comes in off the top of the of a double-decker bus and then just like ditches the skateboard and then just like, all right, I'm cool and ready to fight. But right before that, he, come, he comes in, he gives you like a little bow as well. Like, yeah, one of my favorite characters from any fighting game. Definitely going to drop out him small, but... Yeah, he's absolutely dripped out as well, which is also yeah. cool to see. And then, huh. yeah, it just uh, there's a there's a useful um, there's a useful exuberance in both of these characters. And then it also always flipped with this sort of more stoic uh, martial artist like, sensibility. So, for example, mm -hmm. it is kind of like perfectly incorporated into this stage intro. But I mean, the fact that you have so much of these like older aesthetics in terms of like you know them being next to such a an ornate place where they eat and stuff like that, or just the fact that they have all of this technology right to the left of them, and then to the right of them it's this you know large like hall in you know, this crimson red color with the gold and stuff like that emblazoned on the walls, which is a very ornate looking building. It's uh, it's reflected through the characters as well. So for example, just he just comes in, he's chilling out, he's got like he's got this sick ass like hat on, and then he just throws the skateboard away and then bows instantly and then he's ready to fight. Like he's doing something very useful and very fun and very cool, just you know, being very wacky woohoo skateboarding man type of thing. And then just again shows his respect and is ready to battle. So I love it. I love the mixture. They they are yeah. always um, flipping and, and turning things around in this uh, in this franchise. But yeah, every now and again they really, really hit it out of the park with the character and I think this is one of them for sure. Yeah. It's like Yun and Yang, they, they have their, as you described it, they have a foot in both worlds, in tradition mm -hmm. and in the future, right? The contemporary, but they respect sort of where they come from too, right? Absolutely. Aren't they supposed to be Gens? Are they Gens grandsons? Or I forget, don't they relate it to Gen or no? Yeah, I think they're... I'm, um, not, sure. I'm not sure about that. Is that true? Yeah, I think so. I, yeah, I, I like, think Gen taught... I, I know like, that he's involved with that tutelage, I'm pretty sure. Like, yeah... Yeah. yeah, this is the one thing about Street Fighter. The lore in and of itself does get very convoluted, and it's like, it's very like hard to uh, it can be very hard to find out like who is related to who exactly. But like yeah, yeah. I, I do I do think he's involved with that training for sure. Okay, um, according to the Street Fighter wiki, uh, Lee from Street Fighter One is their uncle. I always assumed uh, they were uh, related again though. But... Same. Yeah. Go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now I knew that they weren't related somehow, but I knew that I think I think it had something to do, to do with teaching them. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, okay. so it's something like that. Um, yeah. I think in some of the comics they were raised by Gen, although I I, I guess right. they don't really directly call out to him in uh, in their endings or anything. But don't mm. they? I mean, I, I always just thought their fighting style was was similar to Gen, so it, it, it was just easy yeah. to right, make right. that assumption. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. 
especially in terms of some of their like literal like attacks and stuff like i forget the motion i'm sure i'm sure james will know but like it's that kind of um i think is it like a is it like a forward like heavy punch or something that like it is we're kind of like leaps forward or something like that where uh what is it is it it's um yoon has it yeah i think it's yoon, yeah, right? yoon has yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah that's what that's what i'm picturing it in my mind yeah I, that that's the one that i'm trying to think of there but it reminds me of some like gen type movement for sure definitely yeah yeah really really cool there's just so many beautiful stages, man. Oh, oh, oh one, one last thing I just want to mention very, very quickly. Um, in terms of just uh, the, the general like, beauty of a stage, um, there is this other one which I just really want to throw in here very quickly because it's also in Second Impact. Um, Ibuki stage in Second Impact. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely yeah, gorgeous. Yeah. Just in terms of, again, the perspective on all of this is just crazy to think about. Just the, uh, the forced accentuation of the tree, the ways in which the houses and the roofs, they kind of point toward that. They, they lead your eyes everywhere. Yeah. And then again, like you've got all these characters in the background. They're just watching them, uh, they're watching them train at the front there. But yeah, the waterfall in the back as well, gorgeous. Just, yeah, really, really hard to pull off because again, like in terms of pixel art too, you have to absolutely have good control over all of these fundamentals to pull any of this off. But like, yeah, they, they've taken so many things and made them into something much more uh, fun and kinetic and dynamic. So it's really, really cool. They could have made this a mu- much more boring in a sense, but they've, they've <laughs> absolutely sort of like turned it up to 11. So uh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much going on back there. And it's like, I looked at those characters and I'm just like, why is there not a Warzord 2 with these characters? Like, why yeah. do we not? It's like, and you can't help but want to know more about everybody i think there's like a little kid doing like uh super sentai poses and he has like his own little like made-up costume you're like well who's that kid who does he become like you know there's so many things going on um there's a doctor looking guy that kind of reminds me of dr baldhead from guilty gear i'm like what's that about yeah Yeah, (laughs) there's so much stuff going on and i mean it's something about you know capcom back then doing uh these backgrounds with cps3 it was just like they just said, you know what, what can we not put back here? Um, I mean, yeah, like, even, uh, gosh, man, I'm, I'm, uh, let me not skip my turn, man. Go ahead. <laughs> we also got Geki. Remember, he would he yeah, would kind of, yeah. Geki from Street Fighter 1 would kind of glide in after, mm-hmm. like, end of a round. And I've been playing Street Fighter since since Street Fighter 1 when they had the big pads. You had to hit as hard as you could. And, mm-hmm. uh, and Geki, we always thought he was so cool. We all wanted to be him. Right, and then when we saw this, guys who kept up with Street Fighter for that long, we're like, "Oh my God, he's going to be in this game, or is he going to be hidden? Is he going to be unlocked?" You know, we were going crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so it's so crazy just seeing the way that the characters like also the way they interact from like the background like to the foreground. I forget mm-hmm. like the dude's name exactly. I'm not even sure if he is a named character or not. But there's a guy in um oh whose stage is it? I forget. It's like a, it's like an indoor stage. But like when you break items at this dude's like shop or whatever, like he gets really angry. He gets really mad. Oh. And like, you can see him like, looking like left and right and stuff. I'm going to try and put this in. I believe that's like, young like, like, in Yoon stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think so, yeah. Yes, he gets really upset in the restaurant. Yeah, I've got, like, a, I've, got, yeah, I've, got, I've got like a gif of it. I'm trying to just like make sure it comes in clean. But uh, yeah, like just the way that he kind of has like a little bit of a tantrum, like the more things that you break and stuff, yeah. makes him laugh a ton. Yeah, it's, just, it's really good stuff, man. Cool, I got it. Here you go. This should, this should work out. There you go. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, he just gets really, really mad. Like, so you, just, you can see this, like, the the upset nature of this guy. Very upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, cool. I'm gonna throw it. I'm gonna throw it across. Who wants in next? All right, I'm gonna jump in. Go so, for it, go uh, for you know, with 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 people already talking about some of my my favorite stages in Alpha Two, we're gonna take like a 
a slight detour into KOF land. Okay, let's go. Uh, and you know, one of the stages, well, one of the many stages that I truly, truly enjoy uh, has to be the desert stage from uh, King of Fighters 13. You're thinking, well, I mean, what's so great about a barren uh, desert? Uh, there's something about the drama that you can feel through it, where it, it almost has like a uh, Hokuto Ken vibe, yeah. where it's just this desolate area that you just meet somebody and you challenge. You have no idea who they're going to be. You have no idea what you're getting into, and you just walk there, and it's like, well, whoever you know steps up. Uh, and I'm also a sucker for like windy desert sounds and just like you know that sort of western wild west feel. Uh, you know, especially right before you, you know, enter a fight, you know, that always has been something that, uh, mm. it's always been like super cool to me. And I blame Fist of the North Star for it and Mad Max, but like, that's always been something that was super neat. Um, and SNK always had a, had a way of taking like something that seems pretty basic in nature and just putting drama in it in, in its simplest form. It could be like ambient sounds in the background. It could be dust. It could be tumbleweeds. It could be anything. Um, this is one of those stages that I like to play on with the music off just so I can kind of like get that feel that like desolation and like how painfully hot it must be out there. You know, like, like if you're looking at the ground, it like the ground looks totally like just, you know, lacking of any sort of like, yeah, you know, so it's like, and, and that's where you're fighting, you know what I mean? So it's just like, just the thought of that is like, like really, really cool. But uh, one of my other favorite stages has to be, the uh the sky noah stage which is i think it's it's, it's a bernstein family stage in king of fighters 13 um okay. i'm gonna link that in here in the chat uh it has very like you've reached the last 20 minutes of an ova and the villain is like revealing themselves <laughs> uh you know because like you it's like you because you hear the ambiance of like the sky ship uh you know you sort of just you know see i'm trying to remember who that is in the background because I know, I know those are two Hello? Hello? Any vibe to it. And, uh, you know, just seeing the sky moving, like, the parallax in the background and, like, you know, just fighting it out on that kind of stage. Like, it, it, it feels like something that I've experienced a lot when I first started watching, like, uh, anime from, like, the late 80s, early 90s, you know? Oh. That very sort of, like... Uh, you know, that indie geist feel where you're just like, oh my God, like you've reached the end, but like, is it going to be good for you? Like, <laughs> you know, that kind of, uh, you know, vibe. Uh, and plus there's just a lot going on in that stage also with like, uh, I guess what is showing up on the screen. I believe like, like Google's face shows up from time to time. Like there's a lot of like drama and lore in, in the backgrounds of those stages as well. But uh, yeah, like King of Fighters 13 is like full chock full of, Beautiful, beautiful stages. Um, the dojo scan, for sure. Let me see. There's another dojo. one. The, 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 the dojo stage, absolutely fantastic. Uh, oh yeah. Beautiful, beautiful yeah. stage. There's a bunch of. There's a video actually. It's full of um like cameos in a King of Fighters like series and stuff, but especially in King of Fighters 13. And um yeah, there's a bunch of cameos in that stage for sure. Like, yeah. Yeah, I believe Rodriguez is back there. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, because you know, we're not gonna call him the name that he had before. We're not gonna do that to that man. But yeah, uh, <laughs> but, cool but, but yeah, like, like, like this, just chock full of like really interesting Easter eggs. 
um, you know, going back to like, you know, early classic, uh, you know, SNK games, you know, we've got uh, Iori's uh, classic stage, actually. The, oh, yeah, the remix cool. stage yeah. is like, you know, if. If 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 the if the S and K personality of a of a stage was a, was a stage like that's the stage right there like it's yeah. just like you know it literally feels like it could be in any KOF game you know like it it could be in any of them and uh, you know it was actually really nice to uh, you know see that in thirteen yeah that's the one it's like that is the most King of Fighters stage outside of maybe like the Gosh, which one is that? Um, I believe it's... I don't know if it's Kyoj stage or not, but it's in, like, a busy street in Japan. Oh, oh, I know what you're talking uh, about. No, that's, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. That yeah, stage like, is called... The, that's the China stage. It's China. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think... Yeah, the, you're right. There's, there's like a big festival going on. I've got the image right here. I'll send it in. Yeah. This is a crazy stage. It's, like, hell of stuff going on at once. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just, just everything... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just a beautiful stage. Like that feels so lived in. Mm-hmm. Like, like if there was a stage that you could enter the world of, like King of Fighters, like this would be the one. And oh, it's yeah. just like, like you feel like you can smell the stage, you can that's feel the stage. That. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's just, it's just so chock full of depth, you know, with like culture and people. Like, there's so many stories going on with, you know, everybody from the guy that's like vigorously eating ramen to like. You know, yeah, the sleepy panda, like, it's just, there's so much going on. And it's so cool to see. You know, you don't see all of it during the match, but, like, you know, if you go in training mode and you look at this stuff, it's just like, man, this is amazing. Yeah. And yeah. just... watching it, it in motion as well when it's animated, just seeing all of the characters like, interact with each other too. Like, for example, in the London, England stage, uh, those guys, uh, the beef eaters, as we call them here, the people that kind of, like, guard the, uh, the Buckingham Palace area. But, like, uh-huh. they have these trumpets that they're playing, and they have these, like, synchronized motions that they do when they're, like, when they're playing the trumpet and stuff. It's very cool. Yeah. Okay. But, so, do, do you feel like they got, like, a lot of... Does it feel authentic? Or, or I don't know. Um, it, it, I, I know. Not, it's, not authentic, it feels but, um, like... Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. yeah it, how does it, it strike feels you? Like, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, as a as the resident English person of the uh, podcast, uh, well, yeah, no, it, it it feels um very much as if it's like it's it's got a very specific uh, festival type feel to it, and it's it feels like it's something that would happen that would happen more so kind of like in the past than like now. But like it's absolutely like, hitting the nails on the head with like the with the buses and with the stop signs and the go signs and stuff again. Even for example, at the very very top right of the image that I just sent in, or of the stage itself, actually. There's a, you can see, like, one of the road signs. And we actually, we have green road signs here and stuff that have, like, white text and some blue text mm-hmm. on them and stuff, and some blue signs. And, like, they even got that, like, correct. So you don't see it all of the time in many games, obviously. It's not, like, a massive, massively important thing. But just to see, like, that level of detail and stuff, like, actually, you know, put into this, it's very, very cool. So, yeah, they, they did a good job. They did a very good job. Okay. Yeah, yeah definitely cool. I feel like this would have, like, this this stage, I think, like, England, if there was, like, for example, if there was, like, a really big, like, important, culturally important moment happening, like, the World Cup in 06, for example, like, if that was, like, imagining, imagining that that was, like, in England at, like, at that time, it would have looked like this, definitely, yeah. Mm. Yeah, for sure. So many cool stages in this. Yeah, 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 yeah KLF is, uh... Chockful. I mean, this is just from one game in particular, but you know, if you go through their entire like, you know, just discography of games, it is just 
chock full of beauty. Even like in their early days, like this was not something that just happened because like the technology and the resources got better. This was just a staple within all of their backgrounds throughout all of their games. Uh, you know, even King of Fighters and beyond. I mean, if you look at any game that they made, like even Fatal Fury 2, like, you know, those backgrounds still had full of life. But uh, I mean, the last KOF one I'm going to talk about is the... Uh, parents france stage um i feel like this is like that stage that i don't know i think this was in king of fighters 12 but uh in 13 mm -hmm. they like you know just took it up a notch i think it was like a daytime stage or something uh but the people that they have in these stages are so full of life i mean for background characters they're almost they almost animate as importantly as like an actual fighting game character uh a lot of them are like you know volumetric it's almost like this uh <laughs> women's like vacation thing yeah. where everybody's just like you know full of elation and excitement you know like whatever's going on in their life they're just like all celebrating and they're carefree um and just to see how much love they put into the animation of these characters is like it's a sight to behold man um <laughs> You know, it's it's one of those stages that's completely unforgettable. I remember when I saw this, I was like, are they supposed to be, feel this important? Like, <laughs> I was like, are they supposed... Like, I almost thought that if you knocked the table over, that they would, like, you know, start, like, cuss, cussing at you and stuff. Like, it looked like they were literally, like, part of the fight because they, there was so much uh, love put into their animations and, like, their movements. And just the color direction of that stage is, like, like super, super fantastic. But, uh, you know, but that's that's all I'll talk about for, like... In terms of KOF, uh, you know, I'm gonna go back to Alpha Two just because. I mean, I mean, I'm the Alpha Two dude, man. I love Alpha Two, but uh, you know, one stage that we didn't talk about was Relento stage. Oh. And you know, and I also blame '80s anime for this. I have this thing with like rising elevator state anime in Streets of Rage Two, like something about an elevator rising upward while people are fighting something about that is so impractical but so cool to me just to be able to see how how you can actually like uh, uh, i guess illustrate that in games and you know relento's stage in alpha 2 is uh basically this huge like construction like elevator i guess you know guys who do painting and you know whatever renovation for buildings and it just rises up and uh you know as it's rising up obviously the background is changing somewhat uh, and you're just rising up to the top of, like, Metro City. And, you know, me and my friends sometimes, you know, we were bored. We wanted to see what was at the top because fights would never last that long, uh, you know, because Alpha 2's damage is crazy. But um, by the time, you you know, you finally get to the top, you literally see, like, you know, a skyline of, uh, you know, Metro City. And uh, the lead-up to that was super cool because it wasn't just, like, it could have been just buildings, right? Like Marvel superheroes, but... There's an office drama going on, <laughs> actually, as you're, you know, going up the elevator. There's, like, like a corporate office that you pass, and sometimes when you pass it, like, two coworkers are, like, looking to see if anybody is around, and then they start, like, you know, making out, and, like, it's, it's, there's so much stuff going on where you're just, like, man, like, the world of Metro City is real, and it's full of people, not just not the larger-than-life characters and fighters and stuff, you know? So it's, like, there's something about that stage that really, like brings home that idea that like this is a living and breathing world so um dude i, you know, I was a big fan of that i didn't know there was a top <laughs> in all these years <laughs> I, just, the game goes so fast i, I, I didn't realize you yeah. could actually reach the top of the building 
Wow. Yeah. It just blew my mind. Yeah, you can reach the top. It's and it's beautiful. Like it's <laughs> like it's such a beautiful stage. Like, you know, it, like when you see that at the top, it's just like, oh my god, like, you know, like I'm I'm almost okay with it being a time over because I'm just like, man, this is super cool like to finally get all the way up to the top. But like, yeah, there was so much work that they put into the stage like unnecessarily like um and again, I mean, me being a big Final Fight fan, I'm probably more of a Final Fight fan than I am a Street Fighter fan. Uh, okay. So it's like, yeah, like I realized that over time because like all the people that I play in Street Fighter games, like the ones that I love the most are all Final Fight characters. Mm. Hmm. Like I played Guy a lot. I play Relento. Uh, you know, I kind of played Poison a little bit, but like every game that they're in, I will play. Even if I'm not the biggest fan of the game, the fact that they're... Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I like my meaty nice. claps, man. I like my meaty claps into him. Uh, and that, that, that butt attack as well, you can't forget about that. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> you can't. Totally, totally can't. Oh, that's so that. funny. You just posted that. Um, I'm sorry to cut you, if I cut you off, but the the uh, street, the Alpha 2's Ken's background is Eliza's birthday party, right? And all yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted yeah. to mention that. But then, uh, yeah. oh, There's man. so many characters in the background of these. Just what you guys were saying before, like, they're just so full of that that life it makes it feel like there's more characters than just the roster that exist within the world it's really important oh, to me i didn't realize that was lord raptor i never caught that one yeah, yeah. right yeah. he's in his human form like yeah, how cool yeah. is that right like yeah that's awesome yeah but yeah, wait uh, oh go on i'm sorry the guy i didn't know that at all who's the who's number 19 oh i okay so that's the thing i was gonna I ask you guys that i don't know who that is i yeah. think that that's um noritaka funamizu okay <laughs> really I think so. I think that that is. Um, Because, like, I remember something. I have to dig for it later. But I have, like, the Japanese Alpha 2 game. And I think there's a picture of him. And then there's a picture of the the guy in the stage. Oh, that's so funny. Mm -hmm. Like, I have to go back and look at it. But, like, I'm pretty sure that it's Funamizu or another Capcom employee that's very notable during that time. Um, Yeah, but, you know... It's not cool that, that you brought up though, Ken's stage, though, man, because, um, man, there's so many characters. And, I mean, we forgot to even mention, you know, the love of all of our lives in here, uh, Lin Kurosawa from Spreader. Because I believe go. she's in Ryu stage in New Generation with Chun-Li, I think. In the, in the, in the Hot Springs, right? I thought, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's uh, her. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just like, you know, this... This stage, yeah, Ken's stage is, like, just chock full of, like, just Capcom. It's, like, all of it is just there. Um, For just, real. Just want to say, Morrigan actually did get a new sprite in, in, in this stage. Right, fine. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. True, it's true. And ironically, it's true. It, it actually animates with more life than, like, her, uh, the CBS2 incarnation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know. Nice. Yeah. It, yeah. It's cool as well, because there's, there's so many different... Um, each of the characters, right, they have multiple places where they go in, like, in their own stories, like, in their lives. So, for example, again, like, even if you see in um, Alpha 3, like, Ken has his, like, mansion and stuff. And he's, like, he's having, like, a pool party and, like, everyone's chilling out. They're all maxing, and relaxing, and having a good time and stuff. But, like, it's really cool just to, just the fact that you get to see, like, different areas of, like, Ken's life, like, through stages. For example, in another game, I forget exactly which, but, like, he has a giant, like, like yacht with, like, Ken Masters on the side and stuff like that. So, like... You second impact. The second, there you go, second mm-hmm. impact. Like, you, you go through... Oh, yeah, we just talked about that. Yeah, you, you go through different areas, like, obviously, actual, you know, like, 
daily life and stuff like that. Oh, what are we going to do today? Are right, we going to fight at XYZ place? Okay, cool. But, like, it actually, like, exists. Do you know what I mean? Like, there are multiple places that, like, Ken has gone within the, the overarching world that all, like, link together. It's just, it is really cool. Someone should make a map of, like, stages based on, like, where they would be, like, geographically and, like, try to piece together, like, an actual world. That'd be cool. You know what's funny is, uh, like, when I, when I lived in New York, uh, I realized... Uh, that well one i mean i already knew that one of my favorite stages from third strike in terms of music was ken's stage yeah. and alex and ken share the stage but i was like okay this is like you know typical new york subway area but then i started thinking about like what part of this is it actually trying to emulate and i believe that it's supposed to be emulating the area that people stand on for like the shuttle train like the s train in oh, times yeah. square because that's the only place that would be long enough where someone could fight and there wouldn't be other people necessarily always there. And, like, that's... It's another one of those things when you, you look at what you see in real life and you look at it in a game and then you play and, like, start, like, overlaying it in your head and you're like, oh, shit. Like, like that's really cool. Um, you know, and it's just, like, being able to look at that and then you think, well, Ken is, like, some... You know, rich. He's a super rich dude. It's like, the hell is he doing fighting somebody like, you know, on a dirty, grungy subway? But I feel like that's another aspect of Ken where it's like you could take it as like, you know, he just lives for the fight too. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, he, he's not above, you know, like fighting somebody somewhere like that. You know, so it's just like it's really cool. Like, and he plays into the whole thing you're talking about where it's like it would be cool to see like a roadmap of like all of the places. Like, where is the, uh, I guess like the boat yacht stage in Street Fighter 2 compared to the one that he has in Street Fighter 3 they seem like they're in two regionally different places that's what I'm saying yeah it's like the the stage itself like they actually have to travel like to get to these places so it makes you think like okay fine like but where are they like in the overarching like world because obviously you know each of these stages are based on real places so for example when they say oh there's a stage in Japan or there's a stage in like there's a stage in England or there's a stage in New York or whatever but it's like it makes you really wonder like okay fine but what's just around the corner what's just down the street what's you know like how how long would it take to get the XYZ place from here to here because even very honestly even at the very start of um of everything regarding Street Fighter, the idea of, like, travel to, to, to actually go and fight, that has always been a very core theme in terms of, like, you know, the plane that used to get yeah. on with the, the stage select and stuff, and then you'd see them go, okay, cool, we're inside the plane, right, cool, plane flies across the map, and the dot, it follows the dots, and then cool, lands on uh, Asia or wherever, and then, like, match starts. Like, I really relate to that a lot, because even, even just during conversation a long, long time ago, I was traveling to Italy to fight, I was flying to Milan, to have, a, to have a fight in a, in a big tournament there. And I was speaking to Richmond whilst I was doing so, and, you, and Richmond was wishing me luck, being like, oh, cool, like, hope you do great, and stuff like that. And it, it went perfectly fine. I did real well. But um, I just remember thinking to myself, like, yeah, like, I am kind of like... Because I think you made a joke. You were like, oh, you kind of like a, like a Street Fighter character, like, traveling from place to place. And I was like, I never really thought about it like that. But it's like, yeah, like, the fact that, you, you know, get on plane, fly to place, fight, get on plane, fly fight it's a it's, it's a lot of fun to do but it's also really cool to imagine how it is that these people would feel doing it because i mean you see carrying out of like a helicopter in her intro but it's like yeah like everyone's mode of transport is different Ryu just walks everywhere i guess yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah really you really cool. are a street fighter yeah, character yeah. And it's we're trying, we're trying to get you're actually living that life yeah <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah a, l- a little bit, a little bit. It's opening back up like slowly but surely as as a, as, a, as things are starting to change again with like, the virus and stuff. But yeah, I've definitely I've missed this area of, of life and stuff. It's been it's been it's been pretty cool. It's been pretty cool. The only only thing that's missing is it when you get on the plane instead of like the pilot coming on and telling you all the like intricacies of the fight. I mean the yeah. flight. He just he just goes Spain and he just goes and flies that's there. It. That's it. <laughs> I, that's it honestly i need that like when again some of my first like fights were in uh we in barcelona and i was just like yeah I, I wish i wish that i had that experience just like an instant um you know like you get there you get on the plane you're just instantly there after you finish staying in spain oh, that'd be perfect it'd be so so sick <laughs> yeah much much better here's another one of my favorites real quick just a sacra uh, a sacra stage really really sick oh man yeah you're bringing it back to alpha too yeah that's a really really good stage like mm-hmm. there's like a ramen shop, uh, I think to the right in the background on one, mm-hmm. on the stage, or is that Ihana? I think Ihana has a ramen sh- shop. But then there's like a like a like an innocent nosy neighbor, like looking like from from their house, like like what's going on over there, you know? Like because yeah. I guess they get like a little sneak in that what's corner if they see somebody fighting. Yeah. Uh, Watch. You know, and then like her brother is like, you know, playing something. We don't know if it's a fighting game or not, but he does react. Uh, mm-hmm. Negatively, like when the fight is over. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you, you see, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so he's just, you know, then it's like, uh, you know, you see Sakura's pet back there. Like, it's just, it's a very yeah. lived in. It feels like a home. Yeah, uh, it's very mundane, yeah. very intimate. Um, which is a, uh, it's, it's really, if if you think about it, it, that was actually like very new back then, right? Because Street Fighter Two was all about like road trotting and like really interesting exotic locations like you know either based off of like famous real life locations or like uh you know uh, uh scenes from movies and such but uh yeah this was like someone's backyard in japan right and I, I guess, literally like if if you were japanese like this would feel super mundane right it, it, everything would be very very familiar um like the small house small backyard uh there, there's even like the visible um uh exhaust for the ac like this is the back of the yeah. house it's not even the front right and uh th- there's like a little patch of grass in the foreground like real low to the ground it, it just everything about it is so intimate like it it almost feels like uh you're, you're stumbling into you know an episode of doraemon or something like it, it right it, it's yeah it's and like it's it's chain. and also like uh on the left corner it looks like when you go around like that wooden fence it does look like that's like maybe part of the area where Sakura would walk to go to school after, like, you know, petting her dog and meeting up with her friend. Like, everything about this feels like, you know, this has been in existence for a long time. Like, this is just her life, you know? Like, like Ryu could be walking down the street randomly. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, there's something about this that feels so just, like, right, where you really feel so much more from uh, Sakura as a character. And this was her debut game, so... You know, Capcom really wanted to make sure that, like, you know, people got, like, as much as they could out of it. I mean, I remember when I saw her, I thought she was super cool. I was like, man, that's so sick. Like, a schoolgirl that can fight like Ryu? Like, you know, like, that's insane, you know? Um, so, yeah, work. like, just, like, she, yeah, they she, made it she work. She didn't feel like a joke character. And it, right. it didn't feel, like, so, you know, out of touch with reality. It wasn't like, oh, okay, like, now it's just a crazy, random, you know, anime. Like, it she she really felt like a fresh uh, character yeah. yeah i remember seeing the i think that was like the first piece of art from alpha 2 that i saw that bengus did 
where it was a cur, like with her finger over her nose. And it's, I think it's part of the key art from the intro too. And I was just like, this character is awesome. And I am so in love with this game. And I was already in love with Alpha 1, but like when I saw visuals for Alpha 2, I was like, did, I thought this game was CPS 3 as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. just because of how much more detail the backgrounds had from like Alpha 1 to Alpha 2, it was a huge jump. Oh, such a jump. Um, oh, for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, so it's like I mean, you know why Alpha One has such a like low tech backgrounds, right? Because it was CPS One game, yeah. which is insane, yeah. <laughs> considering yeah. how beautiful Alpha One is on its own. Yeah. Like the fact that that game is like a CPS One, well, CPS One game is insane. Um, you know, and I guess you could get some hints. I think I mentioned this before, but if you look at some of the new moves in Super Turbo, um, they're kind of drawn in the Alpha style. Like you see it kind of quick. Where you're like, wait, E Honda's muscles are way more defined when he does Ochio throw. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Chun Li's legs are like super volumetric and her uh, sprite gets bigger when she does Ten Shokak. Like, I'm like, wait a minute. And then I uh, look, then when Alpha One came out and I looked back, I was like, oh snap. It was almost like they were like evolving to that point already. And oh, then Alpha One happened. It's like a full cycle type of a thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, you can tell how much they learn from each game. And just the fact that just their ability to improve at the rate at which they did, especially, again, just not only just, like, as pixel artists, but just as artists in general, it's just amazing, like, to me. I think, I, I often think about the fact that, like, these people were doing this on software that they, that just wasn't um, the best to work with, like, at the, the sorry, in terms of what it is that we use now. So, for example, just working with something that was, you know, must have been much more finicky than what it is that like we use currently. Just it makes things just even more mind blowing. Thinking about how they, so they produ- how they could produce such like crisp and clear and efficient results with you know software from the '90s. Just thinking about it now, like I remember when I first started using uh, Game Maker, for example, back when it used to be called Game Maker 8.1. Shout out to all the people that used to use that. But I mean, like, I use Game Maker Studio 2 now to do the work that I do, and uh, Aspire as well when I can. But it's like, these are much more well-rounded pieces of software than, like, anything anyone from the 90s or the 80s would ever would have touched, you know, because, you know, time. So it's just like, it just makes you think about how much harder this, you know, really could have been. Yeah, really wild to think about. Yeah, like, I mean, I remember seeing, uh, there were videos that they would post for Capcom, I think CFC? Uh, mm-hmm. It was a like Capcom like fans club or friends club or something, and you would see like sneak peeks into like the Capcom office, and it's like you're looking at these computers and stuff they were using, and it was just like, dude, like this stuff. Even back then, it seemed like it was kind of like low key old, like tech, and they're making some of the most beautiful games, uh, you know, especially from that era. And it's just like, my God, like how did they? do this stuff and i mean capcom was using like old photoshop for like mad long anyway they were they were like using photoshop 4 and photoshop 6 for like years way after like there were like you know newer versions and stuff and they were still churning out like some of the greatest uh inspiring visual art uh you know known to their own history so yeah man it, it makes you appreciate their games that much more oh my goodness Rich, Ooh, that is oh man i i just wanted to drop Talk some idea while we're talking about old school capcom games so uh before you mentioned ken stages uh through time right like uh you know mm-hmm. in uh second impact he's got his yacht and it's uh it's, it's in san francisco you can see the golden gate bridge there's literally a building that's in san francisco um and then yeah nice. that was a throwback to street fighter 2 stage where um He's fighting on some sort of dock, and you see like a steamship in the background. Well, um, it turns out that was an homage to an old uh, 
Walter Hill movie. Um, uh, what was it called? Like, uh, it's like Hard Hard Times, uh, starring Charles oh, Bronson that? from 1975. Wow. Charles Bronson is a wow. bare knuckle uh, a fighter. He fights yes. illegal oh, street man. fighting matches. Yeah. Yeah. And it's oh um, this... yeah. So, wow, so that is so cool. Yeah. Nice. That, that, that's true. Like the British criminal Charles Bronson. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> one of them. But by the way, for anyone who doesn't know. One of the most like notorious like British prisoners like ever. One of the most notorious Br- British people in terms of like, well, in in terms of um like fighting and just all of the oh man all all of the all of the trouble like caused at certain periods of time. But also in terms of the style and like aesthetic that he carried too, like with the mustache and stuff like that and the glasses. This like very 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 um, well, what's the best way to put it really? This like a. Just a, a, a well-known name, like here. Obviously, with the being the subject of the 2008 film Bronson that Tom Hardy was in, you know, like the biopic based kind of like loosely on his life and stuff. But yeah, like really, really, really interesting. And also, sort of like spinning off that, by the way, um, just like Salvador Dali was like one of um, Bronson's like favorite artists. Actually, I just found that out now. But like, it's kind of cool because he had a, as he had a, an art like foundation, like the Charles Salvador like, Art Foundation that used to promote artwork and help people in positions like less fortunate. So like, it's kind of cool. It kind of like, he had a, he had a, a, a love of art too. So it's kind of cool to see that kind of like circle back around. Charles had, Bronson? You know... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. No, no, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, really, really interesting stuff. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but um, yeah, so the movie Hard Times, it took place in Louisiana, so I guess we could assume Ken Stage was on a uh, steamboat uh, dock in Louisiana. In Louisiana. <laughs> and then apparently uh, Hard Times was the directorial debut of Walter Hill. And of course, Walter Hill also directed uh, uh, The Warriors and also yeah. Streets of Fire, Streets of Fire, which is pretty much Off. the Final Correct. Fight the movie. Yes, it's Final Fight the movie. That's right. <laughs> this dude, Andrew Hill's films have been a huge, huge influence on Capcom. Yeah. Absolutely. So one thing I, I, I want to kind of talk about is is kind of like a, a weird sort of pick for oh, yeah. like favorite stage for a fighting game is going back to King of Fighters 13. Um, so there's a stage called Diabolosis. Uh, I believe it is Psyche's stage, which is like a evil version of Ash Crimson. And uh, basically, it's a it's a it's a boss that's like just incredibly hard to fight, incredibly hard to beat. Oh yeah. Um, but he's not the final boss. He's like the boss before the boss. But there's something about this open space in the echoey sound of like. Uh, people's moves and like their movement in general that kind of add a particular uh, sense of drama and feel to the stage that while it looks like it's mostly nothingness uh, just the idea of being in a place that's infinite and vast and like fighting somebody is uh, both nightmarish for me and also kind of cool Um, because it feels like you're fighting your inner demon through that person Uh, and I always felt that whenever I fought on the stage and again, King of Fighters 13 has amazing music, but there's so much ambience that goes on with all of their stages that sometimes I like to just soak that in as the music itself. So I'll turn the music off on some of these stages just so I can get like the true feel of all the stuff they want you to feel. And uh, Diabolosis is really cool because all of your, all of the voices, 
um, all of the sounds are echoed. So, yeah. like, if you pick somebody like Mature, because obviously I picked Mature in that game, mm. and you do her walk animation, you hear her heels clacking. And it's kind of just like, oh, wow, like, I'm having, like, my kill-the-kill kill moment, as if she's, like, yeah. Satsuki or something. Mm. Um, you know, but just hearing how characters move, uh, it, it, it just added this very particular feeling that made you feel like you were fighting something that was more, like, introspective or metaphorical, because uh, you're not in, like, the real world anymore. You're somewhere else, like, because this place seems like it's just endless. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just really liked how that felt, especially when you're playing the story of King of Fighters. Um, because, you know, when you hear, like, your characters move, you hear them all the time, but you rarely hear them echoed. You rarely hear how that feels. You know, like, all of their, like, battle cries and grunts, like, you're hearing them echoed, and it's just like, man, like, this is... It's such a... It, you know, weirdly enough, what it reminds me of is... Um, in older King of Fighters games, the last teammate, when they die, uh, you know, it would kind of fade to white. And, like, my silly head, I'm like, oh, man, it's like they're being transported to Diabolosis. <laughs> hmm. Like, as if they're, like, fighting for, like, another chance at life or something. Uh, hmm. But, uh, but yeah, like, I have a real strong love for this stage. Uh, more for its sound design, um, you know. But, like, yeah, King of Fighters 13, you know, again... SNK is able to take, you know, make stages that are just full of depth and just dense and everything is moving and everything is going on and it's not distracting. Uh, it's inviting and amazing, but then still be able to take a stage like this that's like relatively simplistic and make you feel things with that also. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, like, like it's one of those uh, stages. Like if I go back and I play King of Fighters 13 today, like I'll probably go practice combos on that stage just because like... Yeah, it's you such know. a unique, moody stage. Yeah, I just want to add that even um, in addition to the really uh, echoey, crazy, uh, uh, accentuated sounds, um, they also do weird uh, lighting effects with the characters. Where um, uh, ba basically, wow. like they they sh reduce the shadows as much as possible, which is um, quite a feat because you know this isn't a three D game, uh, so th this is all through like palette editing, but. Um, somehow they get this effect on the stage where everything is uh it, it, it feels like a really bright but uh, overcast day so there's just like no shadows and um somehow they just dropped the contrast on the characters uh but it it, it still works yeah it's it's a really oh, cool that's stage. cool yeah yeah speaking of lighting in that in that context too they do that a lot in um in alpha 3. for example like these stages here i wanted to mention this a bit earlier but like the fact that they have these it's at nighttime and at daytime too, like mm -hmm. I absolutely love it. It's this. Um, I'm pretty sure it's it's Sakura stage. I'm pretty sure, but I think it's also like it's one of these also Karen stage. I think, but yeah, like they're really really cool. It's this beautiful like shopping center, very small shopping center, but like yeah, like it's got this beautiful like clock in the middle. Like it's got a really nice like nighttime overcast type feel to it. Very cloudy, but still like just near the end of the just near the end of the day, basically right before like the stars would be like starting to come out and stuff before it gets too too dark. But then also there's another version of the same stage, and it's like in the kind of like middle of the day. So like it's got other people like outside, and like just the way that it's all lit, just so drastically different. It's really really interesting. Even yeah. just seeing the way that like the light is affected by um. For example, some of the like sh shops and stalls and stuff. If you look at like, the nighttime version, like they've got like, this warm glow coming out of them that feels really inviting and nice. And then if you look at the uh, the daytime version, they've got the same kind of a feeling, but everything's so much brighter. Like, yeah, it feels very very like lived in again. 
Yeah. And it, it, it kind of it blows my mind that they're doing it mostly through um, just changing the palette. It's, it's not as if they're, they're changing the pixels themselves. It, it's just really good color choices. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it, yeah. it's, it's really a strong. totally different effect than, um, say, relighting something in 3D, right? Uh, Absolutely. Because in this case, a human being had to choose like every single color change, and it, um, I don't know, it just feels more complete somehow. It, it absolutely, yeah, it just works. The sort of like lilac color, like the, that lilac tone that everything's bathed in, like it just makes it feel like yeah, it's like perfect like nighttime. Like it really does. Like it just it just ties everything together so nicely. Just the way it's one color has been utilized like just everywhere really really cool because there are so many ways like to do this especially in terms of like thinking about shaders and all the rest of that but yeah this is it's really really um super super well done for sure yeah but speaking of great lighting i wanted to sort of like, hop over to like another thing entirely just do it very very quick because this is just again you guys already know it's one of my one of my absolute favorite like series but uh yeah like guilty gear or to get into hey you have to do oh, it you have to do it <laughs> so i'm i'm, t I'm going in because there's so many guilty gear stages that i absolutely love and like my friends are gonna get on me for this if i didn't say it but like yeah one of my favorite stages here always love it here you go gonna go to draconica falls uh, it's merely a stage from a guilty gear exit or well you see it also in rev 2 which is what we normally play but yeah guilty gear exit is one of the games in the guilty gear franchise it's an absolutely beautiful game one of the first game well no it, it is the game that they go into 3d in so for example guilty gear was primarily like a 2d series for quite a long period of time and then yeah one of these absolute geniuses over there was like hey we should do this in 3D. So they worked really hard and then created one of those beautiful games I've ever seen in my entire life. So, yeah, really, really good stuff. But if you would like to check out what it is I'm talking about, you can type in um, <clears throat> uh, Guilty Gear uh, Draconica Falls. It's a D-R-A-C-O-N-I-C-A, -A, then just Falls. Uh, yeah, if you type that in, it's great. Get to hear the theme, get to see all the all the vibes. Yeah, it's really, really good. And I love the I love the god rays that are coming down, like the these giant shafts of light. And then also the fact that you're fighting on, like, on water, and then also the fact that you see these again gorgeous, gorgeous bits of like light filtering through from the from the canopy, but also the the oranges, the reds, the browns, the little bits of moss that you see. It just feels so so calming to me. It feels real. It feels great. Yeah. What do you guys think? Oh yeah, it's 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 beautiful. Uh, it's a beautiful stage. Oh my gosh, there are so many great stages to uh, to to choose from in Guilty Gear. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Oh man, um, for me, uh, the the first stage that comes to mind when I think of Guilty Gear is actually um, uh, Nirvana from uh, Guilty Gear X. Oh uh, yeah, what, what, one of my all time favorite stages. I, I believe that's Sato's stage, or uh, I think so. It's gotta be. It's right gotta now. be because it is such yeah. a, like a satanic looking stage. Absolutely. Like, um, uh, ju just so uh, for for the viewers, um, so the stage. Oh, uh, is centered around this giant oh, demon, uh, this giant demonic figure that um, is like pierced through its hands and like held in place by, um, it looks mm. like there's some sort of magic sigil, like kind of holding it there. And then on top of that, there's like chains and they like, they put like, you know, nails through it and stuff. And um, it just feels like so dark and demonic. And there's like a, an eerie, you know, like purple sky. Um, in, in Guilty Gear X, the, the original version, um, it, it's mm -hmm. very like a, uh, it, it's it's 
this hot pink color. It, it feels hot and cool at the same time. It, it's, it's a really crazy effect. And then there's just like this uh, checkerboard pattern on the floor. And um, th there's there's like a little uh, a throne, you know, like like someone has just um, someone is just sitting there and enjoying this view at some point. Right. Uh, you know, maybe Zato, this is how he likes to relax. I don't know. But it, it's hmm. there's like so much going on. And it's um, oh, my gosh, like the, the demon itself is like crazy looking. And it's um, if you look at its feet, it's got hands. You know, for feet, <laughs> it doesn't yeah, for have, feet, yeah, yeah, crazy, yeah, and it's uh, I don't know, it, it just gets across this um, really uh, uh, occult mood, like like Absolutely. you feel like you're just witnessing something that like uh, is just blasphemous, that like you shouldn't see it. Uh, even the way the moon looks in the background, it's like there's just something wrong, you know, like something unnatural is happening, um, and mm. it also. Uh, I don't know, it's just so good for world building and it just kind of, it conveys so much, you know, it conveys that like, oh, you know, Zato is actually this dangerous guy who's part of a very dangerous uh, organization, you know, it's, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, just a lot of mystery and intrigue and danger in that stage. It's such a cool stage. Yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful stage. It really is. There's, um, there's a cloaked figures that like float around oh, like on it too. Yeah. It's really, really, really cool stuff. Like very, very, again, like you said, very occult super scary yeah, yeah. very 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 scary <clears throat> yeah, it's, love got, it. yeah. See it. it's got that crazy like uh, four point perspective going on too where yes. with that fisheye lens effect that um uh you know that we we talked about previously like with street fighter 3 um x uh, mm -hmm. guilty gear x also came out in the oh man was it 99 or 2000 but um, i think 99 early 2000 was yeah. uh guilty gear x yeah, yeah, so right around the same time yeah. as uh, uh, Second Impact and, uh, well, no, no, actually Second Impact would have been 97, 98. Anyways, like, you can see how sophisticated uh, fighting game stages have gotten by now. You know, mm -hmm. like in Street Fighter Two era, era they're, they're still uh, very um, uh, layered, but still somewhat flat, right? Like, like yes. And then by the time you get to the late 90s, they're doing like really sophisticated uh, playing with perspective and, and just the composition and color theory everything's just off the charts just amazing so cool for real yeah yeah it's so hard to pull any of this off it really really is i gotta stress that to people like just the amount of work and preparation that goes into any of this art just overall for example there's two, two just two of my favorite stages just want to hop into very quickly um one of them the uh, independent airborne state of like Zep. That's one of my favorite places in Guilty Gear as a story overall, because like it's one of the places that kind of went against the rules that everyone else was trying to set up, and they're like, hey, no, we're going to keep on using uh, machines and like technology of like the old world, because if people don't know, if people if people don't know about Guilty Gear, uh, one of the one of the main cruxes of the story is that like uh, a long long time ago, just before like the 2000s were occurring in the Guilty Gear world, there was like a big incident, and just imagine imagine listener that all of the technology that we use today kind of like had like a big glitch of sorts that happened that occurred with it. So yeah, like none of us can use any of this anymore. We have to start using like magic instead. Now imagine if there's like one place in the world that's like actually we're not going to do that. That's what Zep is. It, it exists as this place where they kind of continue to form their own rules and they, they do kind of much more uh, th they live in a way that's much more uh, related to and dependent on like old world technology 
and I'm just very much interested like in that as an idea. It's very cool. But yeah, it's got it's got a really cool like steampunk vibe to it. Like everything's very like it's full of like steam. It's full of like fog and mist, and then it's got these beautiful um like pipes and like all these different layers of like just they they, they look like organs like it, like internal organs of like the body. They look like intestines. Like the way that they're, they're all wrapped around each other. The way the metal just like so shiny, but some parts of it are really rustic and rusty. It's the the color choices with like the the oranges, the yellows, the golds, the sort of like muted sort of like steel grays, and then like the uh, the sort of purplish tones that are, like sprinkled within there, like little bits of blue. Just the color choices as well, just off the charts, amazing. Yeah, yeah Zap is a really cool place. Yeah, to to me, um, I I've never been to to the UK, but um, it mm-hmm. it has that feeling to me. It feels like when I imagine like uh, you know, um, industrial revolution England. I don't know. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. No, definitely. That's definitely, definitely um, quite spot on, actually. For sure, for sure. Because there was a big problem with... Actually, yeah, there was a big problem regarding that and, like, smog. That used to be, like, a really, really, like, big issue in so many places, like, many, many years ago. Mm. Like, it's a bit, like, less so now, but, like, especially during, like, Industrial Revolution times. And just the idea, for for example, um, something which people may not know, we used to have, like, chimney sweeps here. And, like, obviously when, unfortunately, you know, they made kids, like, work, like, they would have children that would die of, like, black lung and stuff because of the soot that they would inhale yeah. whilst they were, you know, inside of actual, literal, like, chimneys trying to clean them and stuff. But, yeah, like, that uh, air purity and, like, pollution have been, like, massive problems throughout England's history. So you're absolutely right about that, honestly. Like, yeah, it's um, it's definitely something that exists, and it did exist here for sure. There's one more thing that we'll, what I want to mention, too. I forget what this place is called. I think is it fresco or something? I'm not, not sure, but like it's this beautiful stage where um, there are these giant like statues with like st- with a, with soldiers holding swords. Again, a beautiful che- checkered pattern on the ground. These awesome like oh, orange yeah. lights that are sort of coming up from the floor, and just oh, it's just really really cool. It feels like you're in. It looks like you're inside a giant palace, and just like there's a big there's a beautiful ceiling with like glass um, windows that have these beautiful sigils and like rune signs on them, and it's just also intricate and ornate. And when I think about it as well, and the and the type of perspective that is a that has been drawn and created in, I just think about how long this would take to draw, just how hard this would be to to do and to put together, just absolutely like ridiculous. One other thing which is amazing too, if you look at the ground, <clears throat> if you look at the floor itself, mm-hmm. like it's a it's 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 reflective, like it's that it's that polished, like it's it's specular. So, for example, if you look at the actual like floor, you can see some of the reflections of like the uh, statues like un- uh, underneath. It's really, really cool that they even thought like that far ahead. Just blows my mind, actually. Really, really good stuff. Yeah, beautiful stage. James, what 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 are some of your favorite Guilty Gear stages? Let's oh ahead. man, uh, oh my goodness. I think so. Oh, man, there's so many. However, there's there there's a few that that stick out. Uh, but one most more notably is from uh, Guilty Gear Strive, and that is the Dimensional Flux Observatory. Which is usually known as the snow stage uh, oh. in Guilty Gear Strive. Um, there's something about the way that this stage feels that it, it you feel cold when you're playing on that stage. Mm-hmm. Like you, and it's not just like a oh yeah, everything looks cold and windy, but you feel like those those snow drifts that happen when there's like a whole lot of snow. And, like, you just get hit with it while you're walking outside. And it's just, like, you don't really see the snowdrift, but it's, like, it's so faint and so small that it gives the wind, like, that extra, like, cool temperature to it. Like, you feel like you're outside. Uh, a lot of the 
the lighting and the treatment on the models that are on the stage really give that sense of like uh, uh, temperature and color constancy, like on the, uh, the 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 observatories that are like you know where that light is coming from and it's like looking out down on everybody. Um, from the fact that like there's snow that drifts throughout the stage randomly as you like progress through it, and it just feels it's it's another one of those stages that sort of welcomes you into the world of Guilty Gear. Where it just feels like it's it's breathing and living. It's a very like uh, just amazing stage, you know. Because one of the things about Guilty Gear Strive that's great is the arena shift transitions you into yes. other aspects of the stage. So you're not just getting like, oh, okay, that's a great backdrop. Okay, I understand it's an observatory in the background. I see that the snow is on the trees, but as you go through it, the arena shift takes you through like various aspects of like that area like uh you know you get knocked further into the woods so you see more barren trees so you're like in another part where it's like oh my god i don't know where i am and then the i think believe the third and final uh arena shift transition is to like uh an, a, a part of the actual observatory almost like you're infiltrating it um and the temperature of that area changes slightly but it still feels cold it's like you see an area where there's a lot of power generating, but it's surrounded by being outdoors. So you still feel like, okay, it's cold, but I'm sure those workers are probably happy that they're in that particular area because it seems like there's potential for there to be like some source of like heat or like warmth. And you feel that through the choices and decisions they've made in terms of designing the stage. Uh, it's definitely one of the more beautiful ones that I definitely have forced arena shifts to happen just so i could like <laughs> just look at yeah um it's just there's so much story and feel into it like it just like you feel like you could infiltrate that observatory like you could yeah, stop absolutely. fighting and just like i'm gonna sneak in here and find something uh you know so that's one of my um one of my favorite stages from from guilty gear strive in terms of other stages that are great uh original Times square has to be the one that punches me directly in the face um that's cool you know it's a hey, oh wait is that a zep flag yeah yeah oh man sick. yeah it's, it's oh little, that's it's little, awesome um, it's a little nod like backwards yeah it's pretty, it's pretty sick just for, for anyone who doesn't know yeah in in area three of uh of the stage that james was just talking about there there's a zep flag at the top right of the screen and if you look at it, yeah, you just see it like flapping in the wind. But it's it's the uh, the place that I was just speaking about earlier. It's the official like sigil like of Zap. So yeah, it's cool. Oh. It's more world building, like yeah, yeah all that stuff. Yeah. It's, it's great. Amazing. It's 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 wonderful. Um, so but yeah, like that that makes sense because it, it it feels like a almost like a real life modern facility, you know, like like. Mm -hmm. Like maybe you're sneaking into the Large Hadron Collider or something. It, exactly, it's sci-fi yeah. in a more um, uh, grounded uh, way than than the rest of the game is. Uh, you know, it's mm -hmm. a, just the the mood that it projects within the setting is is really uh, unique. Yeah, that's super Absolutely. cool. Absolutely. Yeah, it really stands in good in in contrast with like some of the other areas as well. Because some of them get to be really quite like mystical looking. But yeah. then again, they sort of like they tie in that science fiction element very, very nicely in a way it's not forced. Yeah. 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 I, I, I can feel my glasses fogging yeah. up when I see that stage. But yeah, yeah. Tell Absolutely. us about that. <laughs> so, so the other, the other stage from Strive that's incredible is the original Times Square stage. Um, I, as someone who 
frequented Times Square often when I used to work in New York. Oh my goodness. Like when I saw that stage, I was like, that looks like, like, I know that this isn't Times Square, like, <laughs> you know, in real life, but it was more convincing than reality. <laughs> like, and I, and that sounds like strange to say, but like that the street that that stage is on definitely feels like 42nd street, like 42nd and like eighth Avenue. Like I worked, you know, there. And so when I saw that stage, it, it almost made me do a double take because I'm like, wait, like, I know that this isn't what it looks like, but I feel like this is what it's supposed to look like. Like, this is what it's supposed to be. And, you know, I, even in the beta, I was just like, oh my God, like, I know I should be fighting, but man, the stage is so nice. <laughs> like, because there's so much going on. It's like, I'm pretty sure that, like, they had to have, like, any mint attack plan to, uh, you know, like, layer by layer, like, input, like, what they needed to in terms of, like, color constancy, uh, you know, if they had dynamic weather that's going on, uh, you know, like, how that affects different areas in terms of, like, the, uh, the, the, the way that color direction is on the characters in terms of lighting, like, like, everything here is definitely, like, fictional, but at the same time, it feels so believable. Um, and that, again, this is one of those stages that, like, I love the Kazuhina shift on. I love it because, like, I think the second one puts you in like a, like a building, coffee shop, like coffee shop yeah, that's yeah, like yeah, like yeah. a Starbucks, and like it's not Starbucks, but it feels feel like, like it. Yeah. it feels like it. It just all of it feels real, even though this is like a fictitious, cooler version of New York. Like it just feels like it's like, dude, I was here. Like, like, I feel like I've been to original Times Square, even though it's impossible for me to have been to original Times Square. Uh, and that's a huge feat to, uh, you know, to pull off, uh, especially for somewhere as dense as, like, New York is. Um, but to be able to create it in a way that is cooler and seemingly more efficient. Uh, <laughs> like, there's so much about it that's, like, like super amazing. Uh, but, yeah, by far, original Times Square... Uh, dimensional flux uh, observatory, nice. and I think there's there's one more that I really really like. I believe it's called uh, Seventh Heaven District. That's yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Cool. that is like, you know, you can't help but look at that and just go kudos to the design team on this because like this is this is just like, you know, you guys spent a lot of time to figure this out, and it also feels like. You know, it's a random area that could be in Bayonetta or like just it, 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 there's something about it that, that feels like there's other characters that could be connected to the world of Guilty Gear that we just don't know. Uh, you know, it could be like someone from Bayonetta. It could be somebody from Asura's Wrath. It could be like anybody, any, you know, and it's just like when you look at it, you're just like, man, like I always think, like, man, how, how high up are they? You know, like, like, yeah. like how, like how high up are they? Like are these deities like i feel like those deities could just come to life and interrupt this fight and be like you know there's more to think about there's more to worry about like like it just feels like it could be interrupted by something like of a higher power and you would just be like yeah that's what yeah what are you gonna do you know like it's just it's such a mysterious stage to me oh, um oh. and it's, it's 
yeah, yeah. I feel uh, that, that one. I feel like it was like made for me. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, I was gonna say yeah. Like this is your stage, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But just for for the listeners, if you're not familiar, um, uh, Seventh Heaven, uh, you're, you're like super high up. Uh, you're like above the cloud line, and um, it, it looks like some sort of dock. And then um, in the distance, you see ships launching, but they're not like conventional. Uh, spaceships they're they're all shaped like uh, the buddha so they're all like dai butsus like giant giant buddha statues but as like these i don't know they they're so huge they they're more like a, a a space colony or something like like a giant apartment building shaped like the buddha uh, launching um, into space with uh with you know sanskrit like uh Siddham script on them and like you see these giant, um, uh, what do you call them? The monk staffs. Uh, they're they're called uh, uh, kakaras. Uh, in Japanese, they're called chakujos. Um, you just see these giant ones, like planted in the ground. These staffs with the uh, mm-hmm. the, the the circles, rings, yeah. the, the rings that yeah, yeah. And, and, and just the chains going between them, and just the sense of scale and majesty to it is is amazing. It's such a Absolutely. cool stage. Yeah. One thing that always shocks me is the fact that, like, again, like, these huge things are moving, like, so slowly. But, like, in actuality, they're being, like, blasted off, like, into space, I guess. But yeah. it's just, like, thinking about how fast, like, they actually would need to be moving to do so. But how, just the scale of them that makes them look like they're moving so yeah. slow. Yeah, like, yeah. Just, like, I, I always love that. Just the fact that, like, we are, like, so, you know, small. It's, it's like, little human beings walking around and stuff. Everything else just absolutely massive in this world. It makes you think about what it would be like to uh, to look down and see it. But, um there's a symbol that exists like in these games quite a few times actually it kind of reminds me of um i think it's like iris like one second iris like symbol like it's like a sim- symbolism like of this it's just like it's an ancient like egyptian like um like symbol and it's, just, it's one of these things that like i've seen a bunch like in games and it exists like obviously through throughout like a uh, like egypt egyptian like experience uh, 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 a horror sorry i think it might be one sec gonna have a look have a look have a look yeah it's very yeah, so the horror symbol yeah i have horror sorry yeah it, it reminds me a lot of that it's like this symbol it looks it looks very very like similar in a couple of ways yeah oh yeah um yeah, give me some vibes yeah it, it uh that particular symbol um looks a lot like our uh in in english it, they, they call it a sedan script and it's okay. it's, it's a, a script used um, uh, in, in in a lot of Buddhist art, and um, it, it's uh, Sanskrit. But of course, it you know uh, it, it's used a lot in the East East Asian art, a lot of Chinese uh, yeah. and Japanese art, where you know the, the Sanskrit is not the traditional uh, written system. So so it's become um, sort of this like. Uh, it has like a very uh, mystical, arcane uh, kind of feel, like super spiritual feeling to it, because it, it's it's not like a, a local script. It's 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 imported. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Ah, that's so cool. Yeah. Oh, there's so many. There's so many gorgeous stages for real. Like they've got. It's like it's like they just said, okay, we're gonna make as many as possible because we're just really awesome. We're just gonna go for it. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, so yeah. In, in, go ahead. Oh no, you got it, you got it, you got it. Go on, go on. Well, one of the things that uh, it makes me think about is again. I mean, I know I, I say this before, but like you know, when you have 
uh, backgrounds in fighting games, I mean, it's such a huge opportunity to tell a story without being in a story mode. And it allows aspects of the world building to breathe and live like while you're playing the game. So, you know, we're talking about like Sakura stage and like Alpha 2. We're talking about like, you know, Final Fight stage. And it's like with Guilty Gear, they do that on such like a different uh, level that it's, it, it becomes, it's almost like, okay, yeah, like world building is like happening, but sometimes you feel like every stage you go on in arcade mode in Guilty Gear is like playing a fighting game movie because yeah. it's so immersive. It's so visceral. It's so involving that like you feel like you get a, you can even get a piece of characters that aren't even playable yet. You know, you look at like May's stage, um, you know, with the, uh, the airships, it's like, you feel like you get to know all of May's friends. Yeah. You know, you you feel Johnny in the background. You don't see him, but you know he's there. Like there, there's something that, with the work and the detail that they put in it, it becomes almost the same way that you kind of view the world, where it's like there's so much going on that you can't absorb all of it, but you know it's there, and you know it's all connected in some weird way. And that's just the way Guilty Gear, especially uh, Exerd and strive feel um you know because i know i talk a lot about uh you know strive but exert also does this um mm. to to a beautifully obscene amount where you're just like man like i mean there was a point where people were asking uh, the developers doing developers backyard for strive like is gold lewis in the background yep. of uh <laughs> one of the stages oh, this from is, near new york that place is called yeah, yeah. And, and they were like, bag of, a bag of <laughs> yeah, and they were like, no, that's his brother. Mm. Uh, and then they even explored the lore of this character who's just literally sitting back enjoying the simple things in life, a rocking chair and cheeseburgers. Mm. And it sparked a conversation that the developers already had years ago, but it sparked it again with like fans because fans were so curious because they saw what Gold Lewis looked like. And they were like, hey, what if that was Gold Lewis back then? And they were like, no, 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 actually, there's more. Like, he has a brother, and he decided to uh, become, you know, he wanted to have, live a carefree life, so he decided to be a sheriff of all yeah. things. I'm not going to get into the specifics of that, but, like, you can figure that out. But it's like... There's a whole bunch of stuff. Right. There, <laughs> the, the, the idea is that, like, the world building that Guilty Gear does throughout their entire discography is just incredible. And it's just the backgrounds, not even counting how intricate the story is. Just the mm -hmm. backgrounds themselves tell so much of a story um, that, honestly, I mean, I feel like any artist who, uh, you know, focuses on, like, character designs and, like, people, it's like, it makes you want to get better at doing backgrounds. It makes you want to, um, you know, push yourself, uh, you know, in, in that area because it's like you can tell so much of the story. Is this Bridget's stage that you're showing here? Oh, yeah. I, I just Guilty posted, Gear? Um... I, I believe it's Dizzy stage from uh, it's Dizzy, it's Dizzy stage. Okay. Yeah, and it's it's just this nice like fairy tale looking forest. It's it's not mm -hmm. one of the crazier stages. Um, I I love it. It's just so pleasant. It, you just see these uh, literal tree houses, like these giant trees yep. that are like carved into as living spaces, and um, it, mm -hmm. you know it's just like this 
sunny day, blue sky, you know, brown, iconic uh, tree trunk, green leaves. Um, and then there's like these nice little details if you pay attention, like um, uh, there, there's there's a, a iconic red uh, mailbox in front. It just looks so cute. It's obviously like a residence. You know, there's a squirrel on it. Just, mm-hmm. just you know, that's that's one of Dizzy's pals because she's like a fairy tale princess <laughs> at this point. Absolutely. But then like it, it, you, you look at the treehouse and on top there's a giant crossbow with like a, a, a like huge huge arrow and it. it looks it looks like it's a harpoon for a whale. <laughs> you know, like it's such like a funny uh, detail to have. And then. Um, yeah, to the left of that is um, some some uh, you know actual like tree tree houses like in on top of the trees with like ladders going up and and in the distance you could see um, like a path going down through the forest and there's like little uh, sparkling god rays coming down and it's all beautiful. But then on the right, on the right hand, um, you see like the dark part of the forest, like where where it's more overgrown and there's like a path going down that way too, and it's almost right. like like plunged in the nighttime there and it's such like a nice little nod to the character herself right she she literally has like an angel and a devil uh in in her back mm-hmm. right a, a corresponding to each pair of wings and, and it's just so delightful it, it's so cool yeah aj just uh confirmed both a beautiful and terrifying thing uh so in the intro for strive you do see one of dizzy's uh scroll like pals kind of scatter across a tree above Kai uh, as he's just walking. Um, I This definitely confirms that she's in Guilty Gear Strive, which is both beautiful and terrifying uh, just from a, a <laughs> gameplay aspect oh, because she's quite the problem to deal with when you have to fight her. But uh, yeah, like, and it also, the fact that he's walking in this forest area uh, that is undisclosed, we don't know where it is but this very well could be uh a sneak peek into dizzy stage honestly <laughs> um, that's what i was thinking i've been thinking yeah. about ever since i first saw it yeah because you see not only on that um in the old version of the stage you see like the sort of like the the beautiful light and like the god rays sort of coming in on the left and then again like on this at this area it, it does the same thing you know like, you can also you can already see just how bright like this area is and the mm-hmm. fact that they get you have on the very top left of it that sparkling light so again they could be trying to trying to show us a little bit something there which is cool but also on the letterbox that richmond was talking about it doesn't have a traditional sort of like i forget what you'd even call it but where like a normal flag would be i suppose where you pull those up mm-hmm. but like it has a wing instead oh, so it's yeah, another yeah. like little call all over to dizzy yeah. again so yeah, yeah totally. cool. oh good catch yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, you mentioned in the chat, like this feels like such like a like a RPG area, right? Like like a classic really? like PS One era like uh, JRPG, you know, like the, the the Guilty Gear does such a good job of like just uh, conveying the feeling of all these different genres, you know, it, and mm-hmm. and it just adds to this feeling of um, this expansive huge world, uh, which is a key part of fighting game stages, right? Like. It's, Absolutely, it's it's not just about like conveying, uh, you know, one character. It's it's like how how does it all fit together, right? Because that, that's Absolutely. how you that's how you do the world building in a fighting game is through you know the stages through the game. Yeah, play. a lot of long conversations about how characters connect and like how they would interact within this world. Uh, you know, because that like I said, that one stage could be connecting like 
dozens of people. It does, yeah. Uh, you know, and it's, yeah. Another another one of my favorites, again. Um, it's funny because this is another dizzy stage, but uh, yeah, Area 42 in, uh, in Exit. Mm. Just absolutely beautiful, which again, it does the same thing. as a beautiful little bit light half. It's got a darker half. Like oh, it's just, yeah. it's really, really, it's really, really cool. It happens all the time. Actually, <sighs> this character, I've thought about it some more. But the theme is also wonderful that you hear. But yeah, like it has that all the time. A beautiful sort of like plush, uh, lush area with lots of you know beautiful foliage. It's it's a it's an area full of like ruins, right? So you've got like stone columns and like overgrown mossy like uh, ceilings and stuff like that. But then to the right of the area, it's much more like ornate and it's got like a a beautiful like shadows being overcast by this you know. Ruin wind area so again it reminds me very much of that dizzy aesthetic you know that that light left half and the darker right half type of a thing which is often very evident in uh, characters relating to dizzy that, uh, that occur as well it's lots of stuff with like people with a uh, stuff like sin you know with the one eye and then uh, kai also now with his dragon install also having one eye that's like one yeah. eye that's dark like it seems to be a very re- recurring theme with characters relating to her as well this also seems like we have cracked the code for the another story DLC that is planned for Stride. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I I feel like there's definitely going to be. Uh, related. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, but yeah, like it's it's great to be able to see this because this this isn't to say that other companies don't do this. It's just that Arxis has a, a Midas touch when it comes to. Uh, creating the life of a background um and dizzy is probably one of the strongest examples um mm-hmm. just in terms of the background having that synergy with her so strongly mm-hmm. um you know but uh oh man did you just post the potemkin stage i did zep central i, 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 just, oh. I just a couple of them real quick yeah zep central yeah and uh, the colony as well for for chip just absolutely yes. two of my favorite stages are so gorgeous they're so they're very different but they're just full of life like all the people in the background working on um these big powerful mechs and robots with all of this like again smoky hazy very uh mechanic also uh, like a mechanics garage type of a thing where they're all working in yeah it's a big bigger workhouse and they've all got these people very highly technical uh, technically skilled engineers working on these giant automatons and mechs and you hear the drilling you hear the uh the clanking of metal you see sparks flying you see all sorts of cool stuff and then another one again really cool the opposite of this almost a beautiful natural area this colony where um again Guilty Gear is a wild story, but uh, all of the people of uh, what used to be Japan, because Japan gets destroyed in this world, uh, they they have to end up, you know, like having a, a colony where they would where they would be uh, kept safe. Because in the world of Guilty Gear, like Japanese people are unfortunately like endangered in a sense. So yeah, like they have to sort of stay in a very specific spot in the world, and their world, that their area, their safe space is this colony. So. Yeah, really, really interesting. I love this one. Again, beautiful mixtures of red, orange, yellow, green, like foliage. That's a big thing for me. Like, I love just foliage that isn't just green. Like, I love it when it when it's red, when it's uh, when it's brown, when it's got a beautiful kind of like maroon feel to it, when it's bright yellow, peach. Just all these other colors that that are uh, utilized in nature. Just awesome to see. But yeah, the the mixture of the mixture of so many different uh, things here. The beautiful red bridge that stretches from the foreground to the background. The beautiful like Sega blue sky that you see in the back as well. And of course, the fact that um, Chip Zenith's theme is playing, and I love that. Just the fact that it's got such a heavy hitting feel to it. It's, it's it all meshes together so well. It's a peaceful area with a with, with a with a bone breaking uh, soundtrack. It's great. Yeah, I, I love the statue too. The um, 
it looks like a cross between like a Neo Guardian or like a Locapala. Like I, I, that's a hallmark of um, every fighting game stage that has like a Neo Guardian is like instantly like one of my favorites. They, yeah, always love those. Mm -hmm. It's so cool. Yeah, I think James is pointing something really cool here. Uh, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, so um, I, I'm going to take this to Samurai Showdown for a bit. Do it. Um, you know, to no surprise, uh, I always like the angriest and most aggressive characters in Samurai Showdown. Uh, notably is uh, Genjiro Kibagami. Yeah. Um, his stage, I mean, he's like Samurai Showdown Iori, basically. But uh, his stage, uh, Tsutsuki Kahara, is probably one of the most peaceful and also unsettling stages uh in sam show by itself even without like the theme um you know you get again you get this feeling of just being in this quiet desolate place and you know you're encountering just like you would in a chambara film you're encountering a warrior that you know is basically living to die um you know they have nothing to lose and you know you guys are crossing swords uh, it, there's something about something as simple as seeing uh, these flowers. I'm not sure the name of them. Just blowing in the wind. Uh, there's there's something incredibly calming about that. But then you have this sort of unsettling feeling with this red sky, and this like you know slightly like like barely like a little bit of hue of red in this moon. Um, it gives this feeling of like impending doom or impending death. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, because someone has to die because two swords are being crossed. Um, again, this is another stage that uh, has that beautiful uh, ambient sound. Um, I feel like they ripped it straight from like a Chambara film because it sounds very like analog and abrasive when yeah. the, the way the wind is blowing. Uh, you know, again, it's one of those stages that it's not a lot going on, but there's there's still a feeling that you get that's like incredibly beautiful. And I think in the new Samurai Showdown, it's not a Suzuki Gahara, but it's a Migata Gahara, which is a bit of a more pale palette in comparison. Uh, and it actually drives home that feeling of like even more sort of just like, oh my God, this is like a horrible like place where people go to die like in battle. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so it's just like that feeling is something that, uh, again, you know, I think companies have like a particular way that they go about it um you know obviously arxis has their way and you know snk has their way of conveying certain things with it and uh you know basically uh oh man yeah you 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 hit the hammer right on the nail with this link richmond uh it also makes me think of genjiro stage i'm oh, not genjiro uh, hanzo hatari hanzo yeah, from yeah. samurai showdown as well so uh yeah i mean just that that being able to take that feeling of like uh, being in a Chambara film yeah. and putting that into a game yeah. is uh, it's an astonishing feat. Yeah. And I, li I live for it every time I see it in the game. Yeah. Absolutely. Even just the contrast of that dark red, of, of that of that red and that dark black utilized right there. And then how it's kind of like everything from above the red, so everything from below the red, as it comes closer to the screen, closer to the, the foreground, it becomes sort of like more full of life. So, for example, you have, like, again, you've got the green, you've got the yellow of those plants, you've got a little bit of the desolation, like, just in the middle of, like, where the, where the road would be, a little bit more green past those sort of, like, tombstones, and then as it gets further and further back, things get more and more desolate, more and more bleak, 
more and more, you know, like destroyed and rugged and ragged. And then you get to that sort of that black line where the shadow is, where that, again, that really, really cool, like effect and that beautiful, like dividing line is. And then just like that red sky, that warped red, like blood soaked sky, like yeah, really, really cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, this is also something that you, you see like pretty heavily in Sekiro. Uh, yeah, put that in. yeah, it's cool. Yeah, like it, it's it's like, you know, it's like Samurai Showdown's backgrounds could easily have been said, hey, is this like a 2D Sekiro? Like, oh man, I'd pay big money for a 2D Sekiro. Like, <laughs> oh my god, that would be super cool. But uh, yeah, like just there's a particular feeling that, uh, you know, certain companies really, uh, you know, put together people that can really understand what makes these things uh, make players feel what they feel. And, uh, you know, when they're able to do that, I mean, it, 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 it takes you into the game. Um, you know, again, this goes into the whole thing of the importance, you know, of, of these backgrounds. You know, these backgrounds are just as important as characters, if not characters themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when companies really put forth that same care and that same love for them, uh, it causes people to want to talk about them for hours and hours like we are basically, uh, yeah. you know, just because of their importance and just because of, like... Uh, you know, the impact that they have along with a character. Because you can put the coolest character on a white background, but, you know, once you actually put them in a place, uh, it cements that world. So, yeah. All right, I got, I, got, I got two more stages to mention very quickly. Yeah, go for it. All right, so basically, since we're talking about Samurai Showdown, I have to do this one. I have to. It has to be done. Oh man! Uh, yeah, the, the the image that made us want to start this off. So last time that we were recording, I, I uh, we were talking about really cool images, and then I mentioned this stage, and then Richmond put it in. But this is uh, the last Blade Two's like large fire, uh, uh, what Watermoya stage, I believe it is. But it's basically this place that's on fire, and it is just absolutely ridiculous. I've seen this stage so many times throughout my childhood, just throughout. Again, like I didn't play the last Blade Two. But again, like I used to research how to make great pixel art all the time, really good pixel art stages. I was just obsessed with that. And this stage was always, always, always featured. But one cool thing actually that sprouted out of this conversation, because we talked about it, we ended up talking about um, Ninja Scroll. And we spoke about like that last part in Ninja Scroll where like there's that building that's on fire and then like the um, that there's a big like fight and a showdown within this burning, you know, area and how much it reminded us of that. But I know that you guys definitely said that you had a lot to talk about regarding this stage. So I want to let I want to I throw you guys in with this one as well, because I know that you guys have a, a lot to say about this beautiful stage here. Oh. All right. So first things first, go see Ninja Scroll. Yeah. Period. Like anybody that's listening to this and is into what we're talking about, go watch Ninja Scroll. Um, I could say other things that you should watch, but Ninja Scroll is probably the most accessible and easiest to start with. But uh, this stage in Last Blade, like, it, it, it basically personifies, like, the, the feeling of, like, Chambara cinema uh, and, like, just uh, any sort of, like, ninja, like, TV show that you've seen from Japan or anything like that. Like, this stage sets such a particular tone of, like, both urgency and, like, just uh, impending death. And, you know, when I look at this stage, I can't help but feel the same feelings I saw when I saw Ninja Scroll, uh, when I saw Kage no Gundan, uh, 
you know, it, everything that you, I felt from those things and what it represents is all over the stage. Um, it's by far my favorite stage in Last Blade. Um, and it just, like, when you look at it, 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 talk about putting you in a place. Like, it definitely sets you there. Um, I can't help but think about Genma, particularly, like, potentially walking out, like, as that last, like, uh, pillar falls from the roof. You know, like, I, I could imagine him just walking out, and it's just like, you know, when you're in that sort of situation, it's like, there's nothing but death. You can't beat Gamma. Like, that's what this feels like. It, it feels like, uh, you know, you're you're in either Ninja Scroll or Sonny Chiba could just come out, you mm-hmm. know, as Jackie Jube. And just like, you know, and it's just like, you can't help but feel these feelings, uh, you know, when you see the stage. So, like, the fact that it's being... Um, you know, put into this game and then being correlated to the characters within that story, uh, it breathes like a new fresh air into it. And it's just like, it's such like a beautiful stage to fight on. And it's yeah. so well crafted. Absolutely. Just yeah. like, just the, just the way that like the red is broken up by like the whiteness of the flame, like that bright white yellow, like just so smart, so clever. Just it, the way that they've done that. Yeah, yeah. It feels so like hot. Like, it, it mm-hmm. really feels like uh, you're looking at a real flame. Yeah, it, it, it's somehow, even though the stage is mostly um, just, you know, reds and oranges and blacks, like, it, it doesn't feel limited. It, 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 it feels very full. And just the flame effects are so good. They're, they're yeah, the perfect. They're, yeah, magnificent. Oh, it's just such a... Yeah. This is one of the greatest uh, fighting game stages ever. Like, uh, de- definitely. All time, yeah. It's like easily top ten. Yeah, yeah. It's like when you're looking at it, you feel like the roof could collapse at any time. Yeah, Yeah. you feel like there's like 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 you expect there to be secondary tertiary animations. Like you expect it to cave in. Like you're just like, holy shit! (laughs) Like like, I gotta. Yeah, like you feel that like in the stage, you're just like, this thing could collapse at any moment. Like like we're fighting, but it's just like. You know, at any moment, this whole thing could just fall down, and you feel that, like, while you're fighting. You know, that's what I'm yeah. talking about when I'm saying, like, that sense of urgency where it's like, we don't even know how long this is even a stage. It doesn't feel like a stage. It feels like you're actually in this place, and it's coming down. Yeah. It, it just, it's beautiful. Like, yeah. I mean, so much I, I hope, yeah. yeah, yeah, like, I, I hope to see another attempt at something like this again. Hmm. Because I, I, cause even with what we're seeing here, right, there's no flying screen, there's no additional screen, it's just literally, like, this area, like, just imagining having to try to, like, attempt this again would be insane. Yeah. Like, you know, even with the, the technology and the resources that we have, like, this yeah. would be super hard. You keep talking about urgency, right? Like, it, it could collapse at any moment. I, I feel like... Um, a way that they really like unconsciously drive that like uh, obviously overtly everything's literally on fire but unconsciously there's a stopped clock in the yes. background oh my right? god yes okay like it's it, it's it's kind of driving that home it's like okay well like how much time do you really have left here you know it's it's it, you're so locked in the moment it's such a smart cool little touch such yeah. a great stage. One thing that gets me as well is if you look at the left, one of the, uh, the some of the panels for the walls have been like pushed out, so you can actually see like the street where this oh, where this place is, yeah, where it exists right. on. 
I just yeah. realized this right now. But like, just in terms of the fact that like the flame itself, like the the, the fact that this building is on fire and other buildings that aren't on fire, it must be it's just this one. Like, you can see the effects of the light, like on the actual walls of the other buildings, and it just it just it just pushes the idea of like how much larger this like <clears throat> area is. Like, how, do you know what I mean? So it exists within a wider world itself. Yeah. It's really, really awesome to see that. And also the way that the flames as well, the further away you get, as this version of this like atmospheric perspective that's like it's it well it, it is atmospheric perspective, but like the the flames they don't they're not quite white, they just become more yellow and more orange as you get further away. And that contributes to a sort of like a hazy, smoggy, smoky type area type feeling. But one other thing as well, all of the actual flames that you see here, if you have a look at them up close, they have a kind of like a, an aura around them, like a, a lighter, bright, sort of like almost white sort of like tinge to the areas of effect like just around them. So, for example, one of the things which I love on the on on one of the beams that's a diagonal, sort of going from the rightmost area of the screen up to sort of the middle. Like, if you look at that actual, if you look at the flames, they're kind of like they're dancing along the yeah. actual beam itself. Yeah. So, like, they're not always just like flickering up off the top of it. You see them almost sort of like rippling on the underside of the actual beam itself and like that's what real fire does yeah. so it's not just like it's not just all of the fire that's on the ground it's the fire that's actually like on a on a structure that's like off the ground itself and the way the fire kind of like climbs and creeps up like quite slowly yeah. like and the way the fire is well it, it's a fully it, it's a it's a fully like a 3d like effect that it brings here it's not just like a 2d flame that's like just flickering up it's got yeah. a whole grasp on this beam so it's amazing yeah the fire is spreading you know mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's it I love that the ground is like uh, polished, but it's it's very subtle, but it's actually reflected. You, you can see like a faint reflection. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Everything's yeah. so bright. Oh my god. Yeah, like this. Yeah, I didn't even notice that that small detail. Honestly. Yeah. You know, like, I. It, 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 uh, what's funny is um, I. I the stage takes me so immediately to Ninja Scroll that uh, unconsciously I'd always thought of it as being on a boat. <laughs> and so it's <laughs> right, point right. The, the view from the street. I was like, "Oh my God, you're right! It's right there." It was staring at me the whole time. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's like a oh man. Yeah. I I just want to talk about that reference again. So um, yeah, I I think given the timing of this, um, I think it very much was like an homage to. Um, uh, probably inspired by, by you know that iconic uh, last battle in Ninja Scroll, but um, also you know like a, a callback to uh, our, our last podcast. We, we talked about the you know, life and uh, amazing career of Sonny Chiba, and you know yes. what, one of his greatest roles was uh, Yagyu Jubei, um, uh, and he, he starred in two movies uh, directed by uh, Kin, um, Kinji. Uh, gosh, I always screw up his name. Uh, it, it was uh, Ninja Resurrection mm -hmm. uh, was the second one. Um, uh, Kinji uh, Fukusaku. Yeah, yeah, Kinji Fukusaku. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so he starred in two movies uh, as Yagi Jubei. And um, yeah, in, in the second one, uh, yeah, Ninja Resurrection, um, uh, there's also a very iconic uh, battle, uh, you know, with, with the building burning down, just flames everywhere. And um, that definitely inspired uh the the battle in the ninja scroll because um uh be, be, because a ninja uh resurrection was based off of uh, makai tensho which is a novel um you know starring yagyu jubei and you know uh, yagyu jubei was the inspiration for jubei from ninja scroll 
Um, and th th there's also a really excellent uh, manga adaptation of uh, Makai Tensho by uh, uh, Ken Ishi Ishikawa, who was, um, worked closely with no uh, Go Nagai through the years. He, he was the uh, co-creator co of uh, Getter Robo. Uh, he also did the unofficial uh, Fatal Fury manga, which is nuts. It's, it's a crazy comic. Um, amazing wow. artist. Uh, un unfortunately, uh, passed away several years ago, but... Um, uh, his comics also do a great job of like uh, uh, just boiling down that Chambara like uh, mood into the comics pages, and I think he probably was also a big influence on a lot of the games and stuff we're talking about. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. If 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 you're listening, you know, look up that last Blade Two stage, and also please look into um, if you're okay with like ultra violent, uh, very adult oriented <laughs> animation. Look into Ninja Scroll and also. Um, you know, uh, Makai Tensho and uh, the, the Ninja Resurrection movies. It's it, all this stuff. It's really cool to see how it uh, overlaps and, and, you know, manifests in all these different inspired things. Absolutely. Yeah. Super cool. Just to sort of do a big, uh, to, to do a large overarching sort of like callback. I've got one more that I wanted to mention, had to mention it today. I want to talk about something that we've already talked about before. I want to talk about Red Thirst from Vampire Savior very quickly. Oh, this yeah. stage, it's oh, one of my yeah. favorites, oh, so but it's good. also I know I knew that it was one of Richmond's favorites. Um, so I just wanted to just mention this very quickly because of the fact that it's got such again striking like unusual color theory. One of the cooler things which we've actually done, which well, which Richmond actually did, we had the we had a conversation about this oh, a long time ago talking about Darkstalkers and stuff. But there's actually an article that uh, that's up on our year right now, so people can check that out if they would like to, to sort of like have this, uh, have an area of this continued. But if you've not already, you should also look up just what Red Thirst like is. It's a stage from uh, Darkstalkers. It's an absolutely beautiful stage. It's one of my favorites actually, just because again, it has this, how do you even, how do you even put it? Like, okay, so when, okay, so when I first saw anything from Vampire Savior, I was like super intrigued it really sort of like, you know, it caught me at the perfect time in my life where I forget very much interested in like occult things. And I was very just, you know, hyped about like Halloween. I was really interested in vampires and really, really hyped by like mummies and werewolves, all of this stuff. Hmm. But one thing which always reached out to me, which always grabbed, just, just grabbed me by, by the throat in a sense, like I was thinking about this recently, just the color red and like the ways in which it's utilized just and, and how it is that it can be like accented by other colors. Because obviously with it being a primary color, you see it all the time and everything, and it's utilized yeah. to make all other kinds of colors anyway. But like the actual red redness of the moon, it's so beautifully contrasted by the blueness of the sand. And we never think of sand as being blue. We just don't. Yeah. Like we never think we never think about that. And I was just thinking about this recently. Just the fact that like red earth to me, there's a red earth. That's a whole thing. So, red, red earth to me, <laughs> it feels it feels like such a cold stage, and it feels like the exact opposite of what it looks like. You would think desert heat. A camel. You think of like being thirsty. You know. You think of the fact that like it can you know control how much water they need to drink for hugely huge long periods of time and stuff like that but again you just get you, you get you get a sense of just how cold this area is and just the fact that you're in this desert at nighttime there's a small little flame that's like almost being diminished right next to you the beautiful camel itself is sort of like you know looking left and right and like tussling its mouth it's its mouth like just, you know just flitting about and just trying to figure out what it's going to do whilst it just stood there and yeah, even for example, the the stars at the top right of the screen, the way in which that they sort of like they're in this beautiful set of positions and they're flickering the night sky, just 
the craters on the moon itself. Yeah, it, it's one of my favorite stages by far, and I think there's so much to talk about regarding it. So I had to mention it because it's almost, funnily enough, it's September again, and it's coming up on like a year of me being on this podcast, on this show. So like, I wanted to sort of bring it back around to this because, yeah, it's kind of like a big, um, it's been a big cool part like, of my life actually for this past year and stuff. But oh. yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really awesome. I just wanted to sort of like end on this because this is one of the things, it's one of the first things that I was hyped to talk about like with you guys. And like, it's been a year now, so it's like it's kind of cool to mention that and throw it in here. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, that's guys. awesome. I, I, I got the yeah. biggest smile on my face right now. Thanks. No, yeah. for real. Because like, whenever I think about Darkstalkers now, like I think about how it's, again, it's come like, round in, um, it's brought a lot of really cool moments like into my life. And just like the fact that I've been able to meet you guys, like just the fact that I was able to meet uh, Mike earlier, like all this really, really cool stuff. Like it's because like of this in a sense. But then also because of like what it was, I was able to like do outside of it too. So yeah, just talking about like Red Thirst and stuff like that, like over a year ago now almost, and now yeah. we're sort of like back here again. It's it's kind of cool to think about. So yeah, good stuff. Yeah, nice full circle moment. That's great. It's awesome. No, 100%. Yeah. yeah. What do you what do you guys think of this stage again? Just to have uh, your guys sort of like I, I take think- on it. I think it's amazing that like we we literally have talked about the stage together for like uh, probably I don't know hours <laughs> through, through yeah. like the last year, and yet like th- there's still like new things to appreciate. Like for instance, what wh- wh- you just said about the sand, like that is super unusual that it, it, it's blue sand. Like you know, mm-hmm. it, it looks more like water or something, but and yet you Absolutely. you immediately know it's a desert. Um, it's such an unusual choice. And then I I, I think what what you said earlier about. Um, using the blue to contrast against the red it's so brilliant because i mean the stage is called red thirst and it's just such a perfect name for it because it's mm-hmm. it 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 just emphasizes that red so much like that moon just looks like the most red thing ever mm-hmm. you know like even though if you, if you actually took it into photoshop and i dropped it it's it's not like actually the most super saturated red you can have mm-hmm. um but just in the context of everything surrounding it like it's it's the epitome of red and it's just so cool that they built a stage around that that concept of like how do we just how do we emphasize the color red and just make it feel like the most red stage ever Mm -hmm. even though the red is only like a a a part of it (laughs) exactly exactly even the tones used and like the fact that like so much of the stage is like it's got a lot of purple in it too so, yeah. for example, the fact that you've got like the the camel itself. If you have a look, it's it's mainly sort of like lilac, purple, and black. But like you, you get that mixture just because of how much blue is on the ground and how much red is coming out up from like above. So you get you get that beautiful sort of like mixture there. But on top of all of that, what you just said too, the fact it's called like red and like and thirst. We do associate camels normally with you know that ability that they have to you know go days and days and days without drinking. So like it just it it's a perfect you know stage. They they mixed all of the concepts together like flawlessly. Like there's there's they've really sort of they they've taken the 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 most base elements of the concept and then just really honed in on those specific things like red and thirst. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and just how thirst pertains to the you know the the, the Japanese title is vampire, right? Just this this idea yeah. of like just gulping I even down blood. That. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. And that blood red moon. It, it's just it's, almost yeah yeah it's so it op- is a blood red moon yeah it's so o- ominous you know it's so so menacing <laughs> but so beautiful absolutely yeah yeah, absolutely. yeah it's 
it's something that like if if you wanted to say like what is a a perfect example of like background design in terms of like execution but also uh symbolism uh this stage is definitely one of those examples that just it keeps on giving it's like you know the more that you look at it you can't help but like discover more about it uh in terms of its choices in terms of the its, its decisions um and it's 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 such a beautiful example of things that you wouldn't really think to correlate but uh it, it gives you this feeling that the first time you see it it's refreshing but like even years decades later uh it still stands the test of time you know it's it's like it's like the super terrible of stages like no matter how old that game is it keeps on giving you know and i feel like this stage is one of those things where you know the more that you look at it uh there's so much more to grasp from it you know and it's it just makes you appreciate the 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 fact that these people were working together at the time that they were to create these things that foster such beautiful memories and then like not only that but inspire others to uh you know create in their own unique way so like that's that's the thing that i get from this stage um because when i was a child it was always a mysterious just like why am i so attracted to this stage like why does this work you know what i mean like because this could have easily been a stage that was just done wrong you know mm-hmm. or not wrong but different you know it, it wouldn't have the same uh impact that it has now um and then and now basically so it's like when i look at it it's just like you know, it's such an example of like what happens when, you know, knowledge and execution can come together in a, in a way that hasn't been done before. I mean, it's 2021 and we're still talking about this stage. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It really is just, it, it's beautiful. It, just to sort of like harm this home, just to sort of wrap it up. Yeah, like there really are so many fine game stages that everyone listening will be thinking of in their mind and the memories that they've had playing on them. But just the fact that like you only get those memories kind of like once. So, for example, that you happen to have the uh, the experience of playing the game for that first time, but then there are so many areas within the actual images themselves, within these stages, that you get to re-experience parts of that initial memory, parts of that initial feeling, and it's a gift that keeps on giving. Art is something that we can keep on enjoying as we grow, as we age. It's all, it's almost like wine, but like it's kind of a two-way effect in a sense. We learn new things as we continue to age and grow, and then we can come back and look at something else differently with a new set of eyes, not always with the most fresh sets, but as we sort of, you know, as we've not seen something in a long time, as we've, as we've experienced many other things, like you was talking about, about before with the Sunny Chiba movies and like those other stages and stuff, like we learn different things over time and then we get to add more information to what it is we've seen prior because of what it is that we've learned. So I personally, I can't wait to learn new things just just so I can come back to these old stages and be like, oh wait, that happens because of that too. Oh my gosh, ah. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's really it's really fun stuff to think about. And yeah, go have a look at some of your favorite fighting stages, everybody. It's uh, it's some, it's been a good chat today. We've had a good one. Yeah. Hope you it's enjoyed. A great one. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You guys want to do this again next week? Oh heck yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Keep going. Too many. Yeah, there's so, there's so oh, there's we, so many man like like we didn't even touch on like uh stuff from like sam's show that's literal yeah. like homage just to like uh shoot yeah um sure. there's so many things and yeah. it's what's great about it is that like i think the feeling is that we all know that we all have a bevy of well, things to like <laughs> go through so it's just like yeah. 
you know, like I, I during this podcast, I was like, let me catch myself. I was like, I know people have, I want to hear what other people have to say too. And it's just like, it's a really exciting thing because these things are so important to us. So yeah, I'm definitely down for another one. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Cause th there's so many other games to talk about still. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, <clears throat> awesome. Okay. So we'll, we'll have so much more to talk about still. Oh my God. Oh my God. Just posted an image of Mark of the Wolves. Yeah. See, he did it. See, he's already. Uh, <laughs> I'm already going there. I'm already going there. But that's for next week. That's for next yeah, week. Okay. We're teasing. We're teasing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, all right, folks. Thanks for listening. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, hopefully, you'll tune in again next week, too, because like, we, we have so much more to talk about. Um, I'll just quickly wrap stuff up for today. All right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much if you've uh, made it all this all the way to the end of the podcast really appreciate you uh, tuning in joining us as we um you know every week just just diffuse over all these awesome beautiful video games and all this awesome art that we love uh really happy to have you uh, listening to us uh so i'm i'm richmond i'm i'm the uh founder uh, co-founder of uh, art eater uh you can follow me on uh, twitter at richmond lee that's r-i-c-h-m-o-n-d underscore l-e-e -E. Um, yeah, I'm always on there posting long threads about art and stuff. Uh, shoot me a message, you know. And uh, if you enjoy the podcast, uh, please follow along on our website. That's arteater.com, A-R-T-E-A-T-E-R.com. Just click on the podcast section, and you can catch up on every single podcast that we've done in the past. And also, you know, uh, check up on some of the long-form uh, articles and essays that we got posted, too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening. I'll I'll also do um, drop some info for uh, Mike. Uh, Mike. Mike had to uh, leave us. He he, he just uh, very quietly dropped out earlier. But um, yeah, uh, hopefully we'll get Mike back next week too. Uh, but uh, Mike Judge, awesome artist, um, a veteran of the games industry. I mean, he, he's really like, oh my gosh, he has so many awesome stories. Um, yeah, you can follow Mike on Twitter at Goro Toro. That's G O R O underscore T O R O. Uh, he's a fantastic artist. He does a lot of really cool, um, he's been doing a lot of really cool like uh, Blender stuff lately, like ma making these just really like bizarre, <laughs> really strange uh, characters, like really fun uh, monster dudes. Um, so yeah, uh, check, check that out. Um, and uh, yeah, James, uh, Adam, please let everyone know how to, how to follow along with uh, what, what, what y'all are up to. Well, uh, you can follow my uh, <clears throat> our journeys as an art director, uh, storyboard artist, and comic book artist on uh, Twitter. It seems like I'm on there a lot more lately. Uh, you can follow me there at uh, beefy underscore kunuichi. That's B-E-E-F-Y underscore K-U-N-O-I-C-H-I. Uh, I tend to post uh, a lot of... Uh, fighting game fan art when I actually have the time to do it, uh, along with some uh, progress work on my own uh, indie, independent created uh, project called Part-Time Shuffle. Uh, basically, it's a story about a girl who uh, was a former competitive fighting game player that becomes a part-time assassin. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff in there that, you know, is just cool. And uh, basically, if you want to follow uh, through my exploits in that and some of my influences, you know, I talk about a lot of that stuff on uh, Twitter. Uh, you can follow me there. Uh, Instagram is a little bit different. I just post a lot of my art and stuff there. But uh, you can follow me there at stride underscore driver. That's S-T-R-I-D-E underscore D-R-I-V-E-R. -E I don't know why I like underscores. It is what it is. But that's where you can uh, you can follow me and uh, hope to see you there. 
You're the king of underscores. We love to see it. We have to <laughs> Yeah. Hello, underscores. All right. Yo, what's up, everybody? Yeah, uh, it's Adam, AJ. Uh, pleased to be here once again. Uh, I'm a game and level designer, pixel artist, and international taekwondo fighter, as I said. Yeah, um, if you liked anything that I've said here, go drop me a follow. Shoot it, shoot out to me uh, on Twitter. I exist over there at AJ Mattis. That's uh, A-J-M-A-T-T-I-S. Uh, I love to share and retweet all kinds of cool art and creative projects that I see. And also, I love talking about them too. So if all, oh, uh, if anyone wants to see any uh, pixel art that I do too, or anything else like that related to, or talk to me about it, which a lot of people have been doing, which is great, uh, I'm active at the moment, so please do get in touch. If you liked anything that I have to say, like I said before, drop me a good follow. And uh, yeah, take care, everyone. Stay safe. We'll see you next time. I hope that you're ready for more good stage talks. Let's get it. Stay safe, everyone. Peace out. Bye. Take care. <laughs>